North-South Connection. It's Friday. Hey, you know what that means. I'm friggin' exhausted, man. I'm your host, Jordan Duncan. Welcome to the AEW Podcast. Coming to you live from a hospital bed. I've got oxygen flowing through my veins because I'm just... I'm running on fumes, man. Andrew, are you still there? Nurse, I need more epi! Hey, hey, I'm here. I'm here. Oh. Andrew, we are on location from uh, a local medical facility. Because <laughs> we're oh, not allowed man. to say hospital, right? Yeah, the the one in the mustache at Gorilla said not to say hospital. Yeah, Hangman Page. Hangman Page. Actually, no, the, the, the best friends drove us to the hospital. Uh, <laughs> we're both suffering from dehydration due to mental and physical exhaustion. That's our diagnosis. Andrew... Why are we so exhausted, man? So we were going to do... Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I was... Okay. That hurt. that felt okay. Um. So the reason why was that you... We were playing on episode 40 two weeks ago. Yeah. You had to go to the hospital because you were trying to plan... All the things you liked about Revolution, and your brain blew up, and you had to go to the hospital. I just collapsed. So yeah, you collapsed. You you went into a a coma. I'm glad you got out of it, even though you're not out of the woods yet. Yeah, but I woke up. I was wearing Jake Hager's hat. It's really weird. <laughs> I was and uh, nothing I was, else. I woke up and I was wearing a French beret. Um, oh my god! But um, so you were uh, you couldn't watch any AEW. So I tried to watch two weeks worth of AEW by myself and recap it. <laughs> and then I had to go to the hospital for exhaustion for because I overcompensated by watching too much AEW. I heard that you tore every tendon in your fingers trying to type notes for all the things that have happened <laughs> in the past two weeks. <laughs> I asked Matt Jackson to do the type before me, and he tore his bicep. Yeah, just, <laughs> gosh, man, what a what a time to miss an episode. We are back uh, after a brief hiatus. That we the, are not in the. By the way, we are not in the hospital. Yeah, the reality is, I was sick <laughs> two weeks ago. I was very under the weather. Like I didn't really have a voice. I was just in, not fit to record. Our standby guy, Steve Willie, and his uh, he had some real life stuff going on too. His dad had. I you could have just recorded it, conked out, and I would have just done the rest. Yeah, that's true. We could have done that. I, that happened <laughs> on main Jordan, event a couple times back in the day. <laughs> but yeah, I no, was. It, it was just a. It was just a like a like a fanciful like a, like a. It was just a bad bad mix. Like yeah. it was like it, yeah. it was just a situation where I had a lot of work on my plate. You had a lot of like um you had phlegm, your, a lot of phlegm on my plate. <laughs> a lot of phlegm on your plate in uh, on the plate. Yeah. And um it you know it happens. You yep. know we really planned on doing a recap for Revolution. Yep. It's kind of that 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 whole relevancy has passed. We thought it was a great freaking show. Yeah. Um but they have moved on to new things, you know, in the last couple of weeks of programming since that almost all immediately leading to double or nothing. Yeah, it's like, it's like they really wiped a lot of those programs clean and like just have all new directions for a lot of guys. Yeah, they blew off a lot of stuff in the in the revolution. Like, for example, Jungle Boy. Yep. Jungle Boy is done with Christian Cage. Yep. It is over. It was a final burial and it is buried. <laughs> that was a thought that I had is like obviously Jungle Boy and Christian is different, but like MJF and Brian, 
Just had one pay-per-view match, and that's the end of the yeah, story. Yeah, I think Brian is taking a legitimate break. Yeah. I think he's just taking a few months off. And that's fair. He's earned, earned. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a great show. Like, obviously, we're not going to do, like, an in-depth review of Revolution because now it's three weeks beyond the fact. But, like, my text message to you, I think, on Monday or Tuesday was our, our show should just be ranking our top 10 pay-per-views of all time, not AW pay-per-views, but like any pay-per-view ever. Cause I thought it was that good that it might. So, so you think this goes list. like, you think this gets into the top three or top five? Like when we did the eliminator back in November, top three, top five, AW, AW. Yeah. yeah, I think it absolutely does. Okay. Um, I was thinking like broader scope, like all the pay-per-views I've ever seen. And of course that's Ooh. like a knee jerk reaction. I think now that the dust has settled, I don't think it would crack my top 10, but I would consider it. Here's what it felt like. The things that you wanted to deliver over-delivered. Yeah, I agree. And the stuff in between was either just good enough Mm -hmm. or it was better than you thought it would be. Like the final burial was much better than I thought it would be. I agree. Yeah, it was really, really good. I thought it was going to be a silly, like, boneyard match type of thing. It was actually a legitimately good fight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the other one that I enjoyed um, that was kind of on that set other level was uh, – <clears throat> it was right after that one. I forget which one it was. Oh, um, uh, the the Elite and the House of Black. Fantastic. Match. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was a great show with uh, title switch. Mm-hmm. And, and then House, the, House the, of Black are and now – And then the two that brought it home. I mean, here, it always comes back to like does the top things really deliver? And at the end of the day, Hangman versus Moxley, MJF yep. Danielson – Yep. They knocked it out of the fucking park. Like, Hang, they were- Hangman and, and, and Moxley is a good one because I was sort of like, mm, I don't know that they can top what they've already done. And then they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. They did. And, that, and they, they're keep, they, they keep going, but now they've kind of flipped the um, the narrative. Now yeah, it's like John a, Moxley is just a dickhead heel. Yeah, now they're just bringing you know? in ancillary characters, which I right. think is a, a fair way to to extend yeah, that there, story. Yeah, there there are there are some gripes I have with the way they've handled Dark Order. Um sure. and I I do like the fact that they're rekindling the, the elite with Hangman sort of being <clears throat> you know playing uh, Switzerland as I like to say. Yeah. Um but he's definitely like kind of on the si- on the elite side of things in order to gal- to like get back at the Blackpool Combat Club who just seemed to want to just wreak havoc on people. Yeah, just seemed, seemed to be scumbags. Like, Brian leaves and he was their moral compass, you know? <laughs> yeah, and now Claudio, I mean, we, we'll talk about Ring of Honor eventually, but, like, he's sort of, you know, getting a power trip. Wheeler Yuta's got a power trip going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the story that they're... And also, they had they did a kayfabe attack on the Bucks to start the Dynamite Independence Missouri, but it turned out... I mean, the reason why we know now is that the reason why they did that was to write off Matt because Matt tore his bicep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which uh, is unfortunate, but uh, what I read online, and again, we're just repeating what we're reading. Um, right. He chose not to have surgery because surgery would have been longer time on the shelf. I read like seven months if he went the surgery route, so he's going to try and just uh, take some time off and see if it heals up. I yeah, like John Cena did that a, a time or two. I want to say The Undertaker did that too, where he didn't get surgery and he came back four months later. Yeah, John Cena's um, not a human though, so that's, that's <laughs> He tough. took his pectoral muscle and he was back in three months, which yeah, is like, so what? Gross. so I mean, gross. <laughs> can you believe he's still, in, he's still doing WrestleManias? Yeah, it's wild, like... Um, and he's opening. He's still opening the show. <laughs> yeah. I guess, well, it's, listen, it's Cena versus Austin. It's the one we've all been waiting for. Finally. We finally got Cena versus Austin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, <laughs> but, um, it, it, it went on. They, I think they. I think that's interesting that WWE is announcing like this is main eventing night one. This is opening the show. I think that's kind of a cool thing to like leak the match orders. Yeah, it, just get generate some buzz, purposeful. you know. Yeah, and I mean, the, you know, there's a lot. It's right. I mean, long, I mean, duh. In the no duh department, it's WrestleMania week. So mm-hmm. enjoy everybody for the weekend. There's so much wrestling that happens in the same vicinity. Uh, this time it's in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, AEW slash Ring of Honor will have one at the Galen Center that will, you know, eventually the Supercard of Honor. Yeah. Um, and we'll delve into that. Eventually. Yeah, we'll do a we'll do a preview of that one. Uh, it's kind of funny. It's made hypocrites of both of us because we both said I'm not watching Ring of Honor stuff, and then the card came out. I'm like, <laughs> I'll be watching. <laughs> so. Well, there's one there's one specific match that got thrown in at the last minute. I think may have sold that one. Yeah, but we'll get yeah, to it. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like it's a fun time. Like it's like it's like the state. You know, Scott Criscolo said this a long time ago when he started the Place to Be podcast with JT, and it's true. Like, it's like the state fair. It's like a festival. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, even if you don't like WWE, at least it's the idea of, like, this is where wrestling fans come together. Yeah. You know, like, this I think if you lived in the vicinity of a WrestleMania, and even SummerSlam is a, to a lesser extent, like, we, we're getting SummerSlam here in Detroit. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm probably not going to go to SummerSlam, but I'm excited because it means I'm going to get some big indie shows that weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you might not be a WWE guy, but WrestleMania coming to town, it's like it's WrestleMania for the indies too. You know, like it's yeah, this is their piggyback. This yep. is what they do. Yep. It's a, the one shame of it. I I I did hear that Josh Alexander had to had to step away because he hurt his tricep, I believe. So I saw that. Yeah, uh, had, him and to... him and Mickey James both had to vacate their titles for Impact, and they were the champions. Yeah, I, I don't know if she had to vacate, but she's. There was some sort of injury with her, but yeah, he's 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 on the shelf for a minute. Um, yes, and I think and so he went to Bully he had, Ray. He had a lot of matches lined up in different like. The reason I say that is because he had a lot of matches lined up for these uh, yeah indie events leading like around WrestleMania, and he they had to reschedule a lot of things. I think some AEW talents might be involved in some of those matches. I might be wrong. Um, I know one of them is uh, is a Kushida. Kushida is sort of like um, been booked for some stuff. Can I? Can I share something with you? Like, I feel like this is a safe space. Okay. I think sometimes as wrestling fans, we realize things that make us make us realize just how addicted we are to this dumb sport. Yes. The more I read about Impact, the more I'm like, I need to start watching Impact. It sounds like a really good pro. <laughs> like, Thank God. You got things. You I know, know, but like, I'm like, man, like, did you see Scott Demore do a Canadian Destroyer at their last show this week? No, I weekend? didn't. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> they, they named him. They named him president of the company. Immediately books himself to hit a Canadian Destroyer, and it was great. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so good, dude. Didn't they? Didn't they, ha- didn't they have? Um... Well, I mean, listen, it seems like AEW might be like a dark spirit in Impact because Taya Valkyrie gets uh, grabbed by a demon in a coffin, and all of a sudden she's in all <laughs> wrestling feuding with Jay Cargill. <laughs> right, right. So they had one of the things that then, – then sometimes they do stuff that's still very Impact-like. They write off people by killing yeah, them. Well, but they, the thing that I saw was Bully Ray got into like a skirmish with – okay, I'm going to give you a name. Do you know who Darren McCarty is? No. Okay, so he was on the Detroit Red Wings in, like, the 1990s. Okay. And so that was, like, their celebrity involvement is he got in the ring with Bully Ray, and they did, like, a hockey fight thing. 
And then okay. Bully Ray's got like a stable, and they came and jumped him, and they power bombed him through a table. A, a hockey player from forty five years ago. You know, I I laugh, but maybe he'll be he'll have a good brawl in him whenever. Yeah. Like I'll tell you one ha- one that happened in Impact that like it absolutely stunned everybody. And I think people still talk about it. D'Angelo Williams, the running back, the NFL running back. Oh yeah, he, I remember that. He did a match in Impact, and he was legitimately good. Yeah, and he had not trained at all. It was like. It was like it was almost like Ronda Rousey. She, he like fit like a glove, yeah. but he never but wrestled. Again. You go back even farther than that, like WCW when when Kevin Green came in and did those pay per views. I thought Kevin Green was really good too. Yeah, he wasn't green. <laughs> yeah, like Mongo was. Mongo yeah, was Mongo horrible. Was green. Mongo um, went to wrestling school and was on the show for three years, and he was horrible. But um, yeah, like it's just it's a fun time. It's a yeah. fun time. And AEW, I, I mean, I think they designed it this way. Um, they don't have a big event coming into it other than the ring of honor show but there are things that they have loaded up Mm -hmm. in the like in the coming stages they already they did start house shows we talked about the house shows but they actually had (coughs) yeah and then there's another one that it looked like a house show when they first booked it and it was in they have a few that they're doing in canada that are house shows yeah they're doing a little loop however there was one that they snuck in that is on J- on July the 8th, mm-hmm. and it's in Regina, Saskatoon. And a lot of people think that that is going to be a live televised show. So some people think that will be the premiere of the quote-unquote new show that AEW might be airing on the Turner Which Network. Which is like the Saturday evening show. Right. Yeah. So no one knows, though. Like, it's kind of been yeah, – it, but... it was just it was one of these events in the because they, they decided to run Canada. Oh, by the way, Forbidden Door is going to be in Toronto. <laughs> Yeah, and it's already sold so, out. You can't get a ticket. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, it, it's. I want to say it's sold out faster than the Chicago one. Um, there's another rumor. Speaking yep. of that, yep, the United Center is going to have all out. Yep. Yeah, they're not leaving Chicago, but they're leaving their arena. So. Yeah, they're not going to Hoffman. They're going to do Hoffman Stage probably for for Dynamite, but they're going to do the the United Center for All Out. That's interesting. Which is actually to me a good idea. Which, uh, all right, talking about Chicago. Let's just get this crap out of the way. Okay. <laughs> Uh, CM Punk stuck his nose into social media again. And listen, yes. I, man, first of all, I have got to do a better job of not engaging with trolls on Twitter. I read my own timeline. I'm like, why am I replying to these people? But CM Punk uh, posted an Instagram story that was on for about three minutes and then he deleted it. And he just decided to say he's never seen a Rocky movie. He thought John Moxley... His idea was stupid, and John Moxley was refusing to put him over, and he wasn't cleared to wrestle, blah, 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 blah. And then he just went super bitter. Dave Meltzer's a liar. Jericho's a stooge. These guys suck. And any hope that people had of CM Punk coming back may have just, like, blown up in smoke. It was spurred upon by something Dave Meltzer was saying in a commentary portion of the uh, WON. Yeah. A Wrestling Observer Live, and he, him and Brian Alvarez were talking, and... and Meltzer said something to the degree of Punk didn't want a job to Moxley Mm -hmm. or something like he didn't want to work with him and that it was an issue. And that's when Punk posted the IG story that got a lot of people talking all of a sudden because he called Jericho a stooge. He said that he laughed because he's never had anybody refuse to lose to him in his life, which is hilarious because he wrestled The Rock at the Royal Rumble. Right. (laughs) And The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And The Undertaker. Yeah. uh, They refused a job called Meltzer a liar, like you said. Like, Mm. it it was just really strange. I did see the weird one where he did another IG story where, uh, I don't don't know if this was a joke or not. It it was. 
did he quote the 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 skit the sketch comedy i think you should leave with tim robinson no it was i didn't get the reference so i looked it up it was something like from wrestling reddit before okay where he like talked about meeting Shawn michaels and they had like a a passionate love affair on a european (laughs) tour (laughs) he is i mean i i I got a feeling a lot of that was fakery but this was not fake. This was this came right out of like this came out of CM Punk's brain into the internet, mm-hmm. and it's it's seedy. It's it's not it's not something that people are proud of, and I think that's the reason why people are talking a lot about yeah. it. It airs the dirty laundry. You know, I mean, no one's ever going to have a, a true answer on what happened back it all out, and I don't really feel like del- delving back into that. No, but. even the reality show that they sneak peeked. Yeah, they're, um, not gonna, they're not going to show they it. They didn't even talk about it. Yeah. I mean, so it's always going to be, people are going to take sides, you know, people who are diehard Bucks fans probably take the elite side. People who are diehard Punk fans take Punk side. People who just hate AEW are probably going to take Punk side because it makes AEW look worse. All that being said, like, man... It just came off really immature to like post something and delete it two minutes later. Uh, and especially like for me, AEW was really getting a lot of praise because this Kenny, we'll talk about it in just a second, the Kenny match versus Vikingo. Um, they had this insane match on Dynamite and it seemed like there was all this positive buzz and then Punk comes in and just poops on everything. And yes. all the internet chatter turns to that and he gets all the attention that he's looking for. Like here's my th- my thought. And I, I'm not like a, oh, CM Punk's not in AEW, so screw that guy. I would like to see him back. Like, I think CM Punk's run in AEW was phenomenal. I would yeah, love and, and the cooler heads to prevail. There was talk there. that he's open. I mean, Keller came back with some follow-up info. Yeah, he had a lot of details. Yeah, and I, to be honest with you, and I'm not saying Wade Keller has better info than Dave Meltzer. I think Dave Meltzer got a lot of I, – I always say this about Meltzer and Wade Keller and them. Seven out of ten – seventy percent of what they say is true. But sure. there's seven. If there's ten items in a story, seven of them are probably factual, and three of them are complete bullshit. So I think but, the best way to take yeah. like a, a Meltzer, it's especially a Meltzer, is his critics kind of hold him to the standard of like a CNN or MSNBC, yeah. where he's more like a TMZ. He, he's you not, know, he's not Ronan Farrow, right? He's you know? more like a TMZ. He's a gossip reporter too. You know, yeah. and and he has to report that stuff. In fact, he has, he actually like I follow Trevor Dame. He's a great follow on Twitter. If you don't listen to yes. these podcasts, he recaps them all, and he's basically saying that Dave is like down in the dumps, like feeling bad that he caused this. Uh, which takes me back to like my point. I think it's weird that a guy like Punk, who isn't in the company right now, what's he listening to Meltzer for, and immediately running to to Instagram? That's that's the weird part to me. Like. It means he's got rabbit ears, you yeah. know, or he's got yeah. somebody on the inside saying, yo, this guy said, I mean, even, uh, even the former guy has that where the moment something comes out, it's like, Hey, yeah. we're going to have to keep track inventory of this because this person said this and you need to get, throw some shade back at him. He's just, he's just a guy that's always tried to carry himself as like being above that. And like, I don't care about that stuff, but he obviously does. Right? Yeah. Like he obviously yes. does. And I think that's the disconnect is And that's he, a mental issue. Yeah, he tries know. to act like he's he doesn't care about it, but he cares a lot about it. You could Yeah. By contrast, and this will lead us here, uh John Moxley went on his wife's podcast and talked about this a little bit. Yeah. And you hadn't read much of it, and I haven't listened to it. I, I might listen to it. I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, to be honest. Me neither. No, I haven't watched listened to many. And, and you know why? Because you can get the recaps of most of them on, 
on Twitter, and you can get the yeah, especially stuff. especially these like tea sipping ones, like the Moxley Renee right. Paquette one. But like yeah. from the recap that I read, and this is just my my opinion as a fan, Moxley is who Punk imagines himself to be in the sense that Moxley, I genuinely don't think cares. Like, here's a quote. Moxley's above it all. Right. Here's a quote from Moxley. Now, the big quote going around is like, I've worked, I've never seen so much drama in one place and people are running with that. But here's another quote from the same podcast. I don't complain. I'm having so much effing fun. My life is so effing good right now. And he just talked about all the things that he loves doing, like the blood sport shows and training. He talked about Marina Shafir. Uh, Like... Well, so, did you read the story that he was legitimate? Uh, there is one thing that I think he gripes about. He doesn't like being told what to do. Sure. And I, I mean, I understand that. I think there's a lot of people in AEW that have a problem with that, and that might lead to some of the issues and the drama, blah, blah, blah. But there was a story that he was asked at the last minute to do the Troy, Ohio house show, the launch of the house rules. But he had already booked a show, an indie show elsewhere, and he had to cancel, and he was very upset about mm, it. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, that would suck. You know, that's kind of the appeal of AEW is that you can work other dates, and then if they're making you cancel those other dates, that would suck. Yes. Um, yeah, I get that part. But he seems to be having – he seems to be enjoying himself. You know, even even after the Hangman match at uh, Revolution, I thought he was taking a break. I think this whole taking a break thing is just a joke. <laughs> like, I think – I don't think he is taking a break. I saw a tweet that said – I saw a tweet online. I can't remember. Just a fan said – I think that – that John Moxley just wanted a break from CM Punk because once he left, John Moxley hasn't missed, an, it's missed a week. It's quite possible. It's quite possible. <laughs> you know? But, you know. you know, like, I hate to even talk about it, but I feel like since we're an AEW show, we have to. Like, it's just, if anything, it's just a bummer, man. I read this stuff and it's like, it just sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it sucks for me, like, as a CM, I'm a CM Punk fan, like, and also, too, like, just as a as the person, like, clearly he's unhappy. Like, it sucks that yeah. the guy has seen so much success, has made so much money, has so many accolades, and he's just unhappy, man. Like, I don't know. And then there's one part I think that, like, <laughs> you had mentioned it when All Out finished and all that ha- all the all the drama happened mm-hmm. in backstage with them and the, the Elite, that it's, it's constantly buried within all of this. That's the most important thing is that CM Punk is in his early 40s, and no matter how many people tell me, oh, he's ready, he's recovered, he's, you know, the injury time is up, I don't care about that. Can he stay healthy? Is right. he going to be able to stand up and do, like, because AEW, I think WWE is a demanding schedule as well, especially with their live event schedule, sure. um, and also for all younger wrestlers, because of how many more spots that they put it within these matches, but AEW is a really demanding, like, work set. Like, yeah. you got to you got to really take a lot of punishment. And if Punk wants to be there and do that kind of stuff, can his body handle it? That's that's my question that nobody has been able to answer because nobody knows the answer. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, all we have as evidence is about, what, eight months of in-ring work that had two significant injuries. Great work. Great yeah. in-ring work, no doubt. Yeah. But, but two significant yeah. injuries as a result. Punk literally says in that story – my health comes first. And if that's the case, mental or physical, like, take your time. And if that means your contract expires before you get back, like Miro is right now, because it seems like he's sulking, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, wait wait it out until it's the contract is up, and then we'll see. 
we sort of had similar speculation. I still kind of do about Kenny Omega, where if his contract is really coming up once the injury time that they got that they added to it runs out and he's open for business, like maybe. But you know, <laughs> we all we have all these different like abbreviations in AEW. We have like the BCC. We have the Triple B. Well, we all forgot about the BBM, and that's the best bout machine because yep. I guess they just decided, hey, Kenny Omega, do you want to? You know, Matt Jackson's hurt. You want to just go singles, have fucking awesome matches with random people that you can handpick? And he was like, sure. Right. <laughs> right. Because you know? that's what happened the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Including this dark dynamite that uh, uh, has happened by the time this episode comes out, but we didn't get to watch it. And he's going to be wrestling Jeff Cobb. Yep. He's so, back. Which should be a good one. Um, Jeff Cobb is a guy that I really, really loved on the indies, and I wish... AEW or even WWE, like I wish you would have got like an NXT run or something. Like Jeff Cobb's really good. Yeah, like and and I know I, I understand that there's some people that are saying, oh, there's no stories told in this whole build up to Kenny Omega versus the. <sighs> I said this I, that this was going to be my big driving point about Revolution when we were getting ready to recap it and we had to turn things around and not do it. At the end of the day, is the wrestling good? Mm-hmm. Is wrestling good? Mm-hmm. And some people, it, 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 some people for professional wrestling, there's different aspects that they always go back to that entertain them the most. I give them the most insight. You know, you like, you kind of like the characters. Um, sure. You know, a lot of people like the zaniness in the sports entertainment. Some people like the grandeur. Some people like the dirty, like independent style. I like the wrestling. For me, the wrestling is always what brings me back. Yeah. And revolution was a perfect example of like if you are going to sit here with a straight face as a wwe fan and yes i'm going to come after him this time and you're going to tell me that wwe has better in-ring product than AEW, you are out of your fucking mind <laughs> because yeah, it's just not true yeah and now we're watching these matches where kenny decides okay i'm in winnipeg i'm in my hometown let's have like a a trios match with a three-way with the jericho's group and they have a great match and then kenny wrestles El he of Del Vikingo. Hopefully I said that right. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. The son of Viking. El Vikingo. I'll just yeah. call him El Vikingo. But holy shit. Like, we'll, we'll talk about it. But, I mean, good lord. Yeah, we'll get there in just a second. But I think you brought up a good point. That was kind of like a, another discussion. I feel like, gosh, I feel like so far we're more of a Twitter a Twitter podcast than an AEW podcast. Yeah, because we're, we're all, all in the butt. But, yes. You know, a lot of the criticism of AEW leading into Revolution going back a few weeks was no stories, no stories, which I think is an absolute false flag. I said this before we went on the air. I think saying they have no stories is just a total lie. It's fair to say they have bad stories. Like, I think the Keith Lee... That's that's agreeable. I think the Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland story makes no sense and it's stupid. But it's a story. Yeah, they fumbled the bag. Right, it's a story. Like, they didn't really do a good job. QTV... Some people like it. Yeah, I'm you know not a fan. Funny? You know, it'd be funny. You talk about gossip people. What if Dave Meltzer was in the room? <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, QT. You know what else I heard? I heard Rome <laughs> doesn't want to job to Cody. He just pops up from a cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so that led to the banter. Uh, and I saw a couple people ask, pose the question, why do you watch wrestling? For the wrestling or for the stories? Which I think is sort of a painting someone into a corner because i don't think anybody watches it just for one or the other yeah Um, it's a mix but ultimately i do think the matches matter more than the story does and i know people would be quick to be like what if there's no story what are you invested in picture this wrestlemania is coming up this weekend and People are really high on the stories. That People say the Bloodline story is one of the best stories WWE's done in it's years. It's a great story. It's yeah. one of their best ones, right? But let's say 
WrestleMania ended with just an angle between Cody and Roman, a 10-minute promo and an angle, and that's how the show ended, and they didn't have a match. Guess what? Fans would lose their freaking minds because at the end of the day, you have to have the matches. Right. Um, one thing that I always think about when people say that the stories matter and the wrestling doesn't really matter is back in the Monday Night Wars when, when Nitro was losing. I think Kevin Nash was the booker at the time. Mm-hmm. They were just experimenting, trying to like recapture the magic. There was one Nitro, I think it was in 1999, where the entire first hour, so this is a three-hour show, for one whole hour, they did not have a single match. It was promos, it was backstage stuff, and it was angles. And it was crapped on so magnificently as one of the worst hours of wrestling television in history because stories matter, but if you don't have matches, the stories don't matter. (laughs) Why am I suspicious that the No Limit Soldiers and the West Texas Rednecks were involved? So it was definitely when David (laughs) Flair was around. Okay, with with this pipe. I don't think I think it was prior to Pipe. Do you remember when David Flair was with Tori Wilson? Is that a thing? Is that how I remember? Yeah, that? by the way, did you see Stacey Keebler's getting inducted? I ain't seen her in a million years. Yeah. Does she look the same? Probably, huh? Pretty close. Wow. She's got three kids. I know Trish Stratus and Lita are on WrestleMania's I show. saw that too. Yeah. I mean, we're not clothes lines and headlines. They'll do the job for us there, but like yeah, they got some stuff there. Do they have a match at WrestleMania? I sound like they were on they Raw, right? They have a match. They're, there's like, it's like a it's like a three. It's like a, like three a six w- man? Yeah, like a six. With Becky? Yeah. yeah, Becky, and they wrestle damage control, I want to say. But the problem is that Dakota Kai got hurt, so they've been kind of like waiting it out to see if Kai will get cleared. So totally yeah. random, totally random. And then we'll get to, to Kenny Omega. Um I know who Dakota Kai is. I haven't seen a lot of her matches, but like I, bro, I love TikTok. It's like my favorite app. I love watching TikTok videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the government bans it, I will leave the country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I found Dakota Kai's TikTok. She is really skinny, even for like like for a pro wrestler. She's really really thin. Yeah, she tore her ACL. Um, oh, okay. and, yeah, and she's from New Zealand. I do remember this. Yeah, like I didn't when, know that. Like, I heard her talk. I'm like, oh, she's got – I thought Australia, but okay. When Jamie Hayter came out for Revolution, her gear looked very much like the one Dakota Kai wears. Okay. Like, I don't know if that's inspired by some sort of, like, anime thing or, like, a character. I'm not really Possibly. sure. Was Dakota but, Kai the one in the Royal Rumble that did a Street Fighter match with Zelina Vega? That was, I think – No, that was the Asian. Uh, Zia. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Zia Lee. Zia, Zia Lee. Vega. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I went back the... and watched it after we taped. Uh, it might have been last episode. And you told Are you going to that... watch the match that's sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Is that real? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that's the I think that's the Brock Lesnar Omos match. <laughs> <laughs> because I think I can eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch, a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch faster than that match will take AEW place. should have a match promoted, and they should bring Nick Gage back, and it should be <laughs> sponsored by Domino's Pizza. <laughs> Why don't they do? Why don't they do picture picture for the reality show just right, to piss exactly. everybody off? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but okay, let's talk about the punk stuff's done. You know, like 
I don't think it's done. I think it's going to be more... I mean, the, the internet will forever be flaming about it. You know, we, we already talked about this. The, you know, the flame war never ends. But... Um, and to be totally it, honest, as long as FTR's around, because they're big punk guys, I think that there's still going to be some... And they're still trying smoke. to throw a shroud of mystery around. Oh, well, we didn't really sign our contract, because now they threw a gimmick in there that... Yeah, two weeks they lose now, to the guns in no Long Island, right. That if they lose, they leave AEW forever. So it's kind of like, so okay, is this they're writing to, off, or are they going to win the title and swerve their, their side? Long term. So when FTR sh- returned to Revolution, uh, a lot of pretty good sources came out that FTR signed new deals there. Mm-hmm. Then Dax on his podcast tried to say, no, that's not true. Maybe they're just trying to, trying to create kayfabe mystery to make it more um, um, interesting. Sure, that which, they that's might fair. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Like I think I'm okay with kind of working the internet in that way. Yeah, um, I, I, I am totally fine with that. Having I said think that, what Dave, what I think really, Dave felt. I think Dave felt bad that it it what something that something he said created legitimate like hurt feelings. But the truth is, there's a lot of things Dave Meltzer has written that's hurt people's feelings. Right, and CM Punk's it's just the fact that this person immediately like directly attacked him. Right. That's that's what it is. Um, one thing that, about the FTR stipulation is it it guarantees it for at least one more episode. We don't have to change our theme song, so. <laughs> yes, yes, because yeah, we'll we'll have the FTR back uh, for for a little while. They haven't they haven't had him wrestle, have had them wrestle, which is fine. Yeah, you know, it's fine. like it, it kind of makes them feel more important. Of like, oh yeah, the FTR match is coming up. I can't wait to see that instead of like rolling him out every other every yeah, other week. I, the... I mean, I swear to God, I just saw Cody Rhodes wrestle freaking um, Solo Sokoa, and I'm not trying to say Solo Sokoa is a tomato can. It's just like. This is this guy's in the main event of WrestleMania. Sure. Like, can you make his presence in the ring a little more important? Sure. Than no, just I, I think that's to, fair. Like, pull out there, and wrestle all the freaking time. Um, that's the beauty of MGF. He never wrestles. Yeah. No, I think that's good, and I've seen people complain about that, and I think that's the beauty of Roman Reigns too. Yeah. You know, I, like I, that's why when they do wrestle, it it matters. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll talk about uh, some thoughts I have with Roman when we talk about Jade Cargill in a little bit. Just some okay. thoughts I had earlier today, but let's talk about this big, crazy match that led to some, again, where's the story? Stories matter. So Kenny Omega has this dream match uh, against El Hijo del, del, del Vikingo. <laughs> Apologies was, to any Lucha I Libre I thought it fans. was a dream match because when I looked for a second, I thought he was wrestling Damian Priest. <laughs> he looks like Damian Priest. Yeah, he does. He, he, but like if, if he gets shrunk in the wash. Then, but, then the, but then he does the entrance and he does a plancha and then something I've never seen in my life. I'm like, oh, that's not Damian Priest. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that's Punishment Martinez. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was hyped as this dream match and the criticism online was, how's it a dream match if nobody knows who this guy is? Which I think just means I don't know who that guy is, so therefore it can't be a dream match. Like to Lucha fans, this wasn't a dream match, and uh, you know, putting the cart before the horse, um, it delivered. <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, like it, it's a it's a it's a freaking phenomenal match. Like so if there's criticisms, people will say that it's a spot fest, and here's my take. Yeah, no. it was, and it was a great one. Well, it, like it is, guess. but there there actually is sense put into it. I the do. other one is like it's nothing but just spot fest. First of all, there's a picture and picture in it, and there's literally a five minute, like a three minute segment where Kenny Omega is like stomping a mud hole in him and giving mm-hmm. him rest holes. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me seriously that this is like the kind of match where nobody, nothing made sense? I'll give you another one if uh, if people want to get super inside baseball. There's a spot there where Kenny Omega sets up a table. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Vikingo gets the advantage. He tries to do a mon- uh, he tries to do something to Kenny. Kenny turns into a monkey flip, but Vikingo lands on the apron, yep. uh, and then he rolls out. So that comes back into play because when Kenny gets like, I think, oh my god, he took the nastiest Frankensteiner I've ever seen uh, from the top rope, and um, and Kenny rolls. He, he lands on the table, and Vikingo does some. 630 I've never seen in my life where he bounced from the middle of the rope to the outside and just bl- blast right in through the table onto mm-hmm. Omega. That actually made sense. You know, yeah. that's yeah. just one example. And there's a few examples of, like, the narrative of the match. Like, oh, nothing made sense. It was discombobulated. No, 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 no. The very beginning of the match, Vikingo gets two immediate high spots and completely whams Omega. Yep. So now Omega's entire like game plan from that point on is, mm-hmm. I need to finish this guy off fast. And so the only you know? offense we see from Kenny is like high-impact stuff. It's like a snapdragon, V-triggers, yep. and the angel. That's basically all he Cause, hits. Because that's his. once he realizes how good this guy is as a character, kayfabe-wise, he's, he's thinking, just trying to get out of there. I have got to get, I have got to get out of here. Yep. It's a 17-minute match. It's nonstop. It's fantastic. The reason why I would say yes to answer, we had a listener question about this, and I will answer it. Sure. I do think it deserved a five star rating, and the reason why is because when I, I mean, Bret Hart had a great quote about classic matches. He called classic matches the kind of matches that people talk about over and over and over and over and over again, which is a really, which I would say is a pretty good summation of what a a, a classic wrestling match is. To, for me, a five-star match is a match that, with those two people, you can never have again. Okay. And also, it's the kind of match that you literally, regardless of whether it's spectacular or dramatic or just wild, you cannot take your eyes off of it for even five seconds. Yeah, I agree with that, 100%. And that's, to me, that's a five-star match. Also, it's the type of match that, as a fan, because it's all subjective— like, for me, it's Angle versus Hughes shall not be named at the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. in Boston. Like, that is a match that I – Steve Austin versus Bret Hart, the submission match. Those are matches that I know by heart, no pun intended, from <laughs> start to finish. And this is the kind of match I think will grow into that. Let me give you another example about telling stories. Sami Zayn had an incredible match with Shinsuke Nakamura on NXT back in 2016. I think Aaron George actually said it was his favorite match that year. Um, cheap plug. But the thing is, how much story Jordan was in the NXT episodes for that? Right. It was, None. this is who you're going to fight. <laughs> yeah. This, this, is, uh, this is Shinsuke Nakamura via satellite. He's going to wrestle Sami Zayn. That was the story. Where's the story? Where's the story? There was no story. But what did WWE fans remember about that match? It's one of the greatest of all time. Right. Well, you mentioned you know? that kind of takes me to what this match reminded me of. And we go back to 1996, Great American Bash, Dean Malenko against Rey Mysterio, which is Rey's yeah. WCW debut. Again, there were some hype videos and stuff, but there was no angle to it. It was just a showcase match for an insane... I didn't know what Rey Mysterio looked like. Right. He right. came in. Like, and it was... that's It's still considered one of the greatest opening matches in in, in pay-per-view history. Like, it's yeah. on a short Yeah, then he list. had one with Psychosis the next, the next month where I yep. was like, oh, this dude's a star. Yep. But, like, I, I, to me, that's kind of the vibes that I get from this Vikingo-Kenny match is, like, it was Ray's debut in the company, and people didn't know who he was, and they he won them over in literally one match. And I think the same thing, like, AEW fans tend to be a little more, It's from my perspective, it seems like a little more in the know, like the hardcore type fans. But even then, if you watch this match, as Vikingo is coming out, he's not getting this massive reaction. 
You know, like, and honestly, like, yeah, I thought his mask, I, I thought his mask was looked kind of dumb. There wasn't an ovation when he showed up. I will say, it, with the with the crowd in Independence, there was an aura when he came out. Almost sure. like, like, people standing up kind of looking like, oh, wow, he's here, he's really here, kind of thing. But I don't think people were like, uh, like... Uh, it wasn't like when I mean it's hey, it's hard to say this because it was in Daly's place with no fans, but like when Sting showed up, that was kind of like holy crap, he's actually here. You, yeah. you know, whereas it didn't feel that way with Vikingo. You know, you knew that once the bell rang, it that's when shit was gonna fly, and boy did it! Like that was when the fun started. You know, there's such things as like putting yourself on the map. Like I remember there was a wrestler named Ben Carter. And he had a really, really good match on Dynamite when they were in Daly's place. He immediately got signed by WWE, and now he's called Nathan Frazier. Like, he's not a star. That wasn't a star-making performance. It put him on the map. I think for Vikingo, this was a star-making performance. This is something that will get him signed and get him a lucrative deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's where I reminded me of the Rey Mysterio match because, like, it's probably not Rey Mysterio's best match ever, but, like, it was a launch point for him, you know? And, and yes. with Mysterio, it was like, he was doing stuff that a U.S. audience had never, ever seen. Vikingo, the stuff he does, like, we've seen-ish. Not maybe, in that. Not he maybe that has an extra rotation or, or a little bit more. He does do one thing. Okay, he didn't do it in this match. You need to track down this clip. So, okay. you know how Ray Phoenix, like, runs the ropes? Like, yes. Undertaker, but runs them? I saw a clip of Vikingo doing a cartwheel on them. I'm not joking. Okay. Like cartwheeling on the top. <laughs> now we we saw Commander do one where he ran the ropes for a plancha on, in that. Um, we didn't get to talk about it, but it was the face of the Revolution ladder match. Hey, you know what? they should have those guys wrestle each other. That's a great idea. Yeah, I wonder if anyone's thought of. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's just my little joke that uh, at the Supercard of Honor, El Hio de, de man, I cannot say this guy's name, Vikingo is facing Commander in what, what could be an insane, insane match. Yeah, this was added last second. Yeah. And this is one where, I mean, listen, the card is out there. I could just throw it to you right now. I'll just say them all, okay? Um, they got that one. They've got the Embassy versus AR Fox, Blake Christian, Metalik, the Lucha Brothers, Top Flight, Aussie Open, The Kingdom, and Rushin Drelisico in a ladder match for the tag belts. U- Wheeler Yuta and Shibata. What? Yeah, what um, the heck? Athena and Yuka Sakazaki, um, I believe it's either that one or Emi Sakura, one of the two. Um, it's, it's Sakazaki. It's Sakazaki, because I think Emi Sakura is wrestling uh, on the TV program against Athena. Um, mm-hmm. Samoa Joe and Mark Briscoe for the TV belt, and yep. then the main event is Claudio versus Eddie Kingston. That's Which they the had a really cool sit-down with Claudio and Eddie, um, and there was a third person there. Yeah, uh, it was um, it was Caprice Coleman. That's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, for a show that we have basically said, like, with the Ring of Honor, like, okay, cool that they're doing this, but I'm not really going to watch. And I haven't watched the weekly stuff, but this super card is just that. It's a super card. Like, from top to bottom, this could be a total banger of if a show. If you were just a Ring of Honor fan and you looked at this card, like, we said that when Ring of Honor happened. We yeah. were like, you know, if you are if you were, like, took AEW off the, like, off the landscape and just didn't even think about it, and you just looked at the roster, like, what what do you think Tony Khan should do with Ring of Honor? Well, we now have a program. They're airing it in Universal Studios. They've had about four episodes. Mm-hmm. Some of them, to me, some of the episodes, for me, to be honest, are kind well, of They boring. don't need to be two hours long. Yeah, they, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, the crowd's a little bigger than they had when they were on Dark at Soundstage 19. It looks like they expanded it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's got some energy to it. Some of the matches have been good. 
Um, I can't like pinpoint one exact one that's been like, blow away great, but if you look at the card for Supercard of Honor, like I just run, ran down the match order, you look at that and you think to yourself, just as a fan of independent wrestling or just in general wrestling, you're like, that's pretty good. Like yeah. I'd probably watch that. You yeah. know, if if I have any issue with it, it's that they're still kind of using guys on both shows, like. I get Claudio being on both shows, but maybe Wheeler Yuta doesn't need to be on Dynamite. He could be ring and Top Flight as well. Like, doesn't need to be mm-hmm. on both. Like, I feel do you like... think they need to do kid gloves with Shibata, or do you think Shibata's ready to go? I think he's ready. Um, he had a match, so he had the exhibition. I want to say with, he's um, had a full match already. That was against uh, the guy who used to be Ken- uh, Kenta, but he used yeah. to be um, Hideo Tommy, right? right yeah, right. yeah. I yeah. want to say he's had another match since that. That guy's story. If you don't know Katsuyori Shibata, like this is a guy that. He had like a brain injury. No one thought it would ever wrestle again. Um, then he came out and basically was like, hi, I'm alive. And then he came out and had like an exhibition, no bumps type of match with Kenta. And now he's like going to have a full on actual match. Like he, so he's back to wrestling. It's a pretty remarkable story. Kind of awesome. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I think the, I think that tag ladder match might be fun. Yeah. The reach for the sky match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's because the fact that you know Jay Briscoe has passed on, so now they have Mark Briscoe's moving on as singles, so they're gonna have tag the tag belts are now. Vacant, I'm, I'm thinking so. Mark Briscoe loses to Joe, though, huh? Yeah, like I mean, I, I mean Joe dropped the belt to Wardlow. Wardlow dropped it to Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, you know, so they kind of. Do you believe the story that came out in the dirt sheets that that was planned all along? The idea that it was gonna go. Joe to Wardlow to Hobbs like that very very quickly like that. Uh, I don't know if that's. Necessary. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about the Wardlow thing. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't know. I I, yeah. I, I, could, I could see that it was all, always planned to have like Wardlow in as the third. I legitimately felt bad for Wardlow that that happened where his car got broken into and they stole all his gear. That's why they did. The it was brawl. Hobbs. He did it. Hobbs and QT Marshall did it. <laughs> And uh, Harley Cameron, who's playing like and we talked about Stacy Keebler. That is a Miss Hancock clone, if I've ever seen one. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and RJ City somewhere. I don't know. He's just sneaking. Yeah, around. he's doing like interviews with like uh, he did one with Mark Briscoe. That's actually really funny. You should watch. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw one with the Kingdom. That was kind of funny. Yeah. With Maria Canellis and Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. But um. Oh, by the way, no, that, gosh, I feel like yeah. we're all over the place. Did you know that yeah. uh, coming up? I think it's on a rampage. Is going to be the Blackpool Combat Club against Dalton Castle and the Boys. Oh my God! No, I didn't hear That's that. That's gonna one. be an absolute murder on television. Like John Moxley <laughs> is gonna kill the boys. That's great. It's great. Do you think? Do you think John Moxley will try to choke out all the boys at one time? Yeah. Somehow they're gonna make him bleed, anyways. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I, I did like the one where John Moxley um, made Stu Grayson tap or go to sleep, and then backstage he's getting his arm tended to, and he's like, "I just want to choke you out some more," and he chokes him out. Yeah. <laughs> That was good. That was good. Just to make sure people know, I am a dickhead. It's like when Steve Austin turned heel at WrestleMania 17. It's like, I just want to make sure everyone knows, I am the bad guy here. Right. I'm doing all the wrong things. Right. <laughs> like, um, they're trying to hand point home. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot going on right now, and I feel like we're jumping all over the place, but, like, of coming out of Revolution, a lot of new stuff started, and that's, like, one of the big things. Black Bull Combat Club just turned pure douchebags. Uh, they're... Still messing with Hangman Page, but now the Elite kind of seem to have his back. But then Don Callis is trying to drive a wedge uh, between Hangman and Kenny with the weird bumping. And it kind of brings into this gimmick that Kenny has never rewatched a match in his life. Uh, (laughs) 
in fact, on being the the elite, they showed it was like a picture of I think it was Matt Jackson. And he pulls out his phone and he puts a YouTube link to when Hangman Page beat Kenny Omega. What show was that at? That was Full Gear 22. Full Gear. Because like, like, remember, they, they let him pin they Kenny. They didn't interfere when he finished him yeah, off. Yeah, and Kenny like right. said, I never watch a match back. So like on being the elite, Matt puts a link to that YouTube video in a text to Kenny and says, Hey, man, I just want to be honest. You need to watch this. And then he doesn't send the text. Okay. So the lore continues. <laughs> well, now, well, now we now we know. Uh, Hangman Page tore Matt Jackson's bicep. <laughs> yeah, right. It's one of my favorite s- s- small gimmicks is that Kenny Omega will not rewatch a match unless you force him to. <laughs> I think the I think the idea that Hangman is the villain all along is actually not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it, it could go a couple ways. Like it could go with the big yeah. reuniting. It could go with the four of them, Hangman, Kenny, and the Elite against Blackpool Combat Club, and, Di- and Brian Danielson comes back. Yeah. I think it could split into a three-person thing where the Bucks go with Hangman, and Kenny gets Takeshita, who Don Callis has been courting, and another guy named Kota Abushi could show up. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of different paths they could go, and that's a pretty interesting. Yeah, but, you know, Jordan, here's the problem. Like, you know, we got these factions that are feuding with one another um, going into, like, the spring and then the summer. We don't really have a gimmick match to blow this off. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> I mean, if they want to bleed and have their guts all over the place, what could they possibly do? You know? <laughs> That's probably what John Moxley was doing. You like, know, I mean... We're going to do, do blood and guts again. I went first dibs. Dynamite's going to be back here in my hometown in May. And that's mm. almost a full year after blood and guts. And I Is wonder if we could get blood and guts again. Or after double or nothing. It's May 10th. That's before. Okay. So, so, yeah. So let's talk about another thing because I know there's something you wanted to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about new storylines. MJF has a rebar mitzvah as to celebrate. It was dude, I thought it was funny as shit. It was, uh, dude. The the pictures that they put online beforehand were funny. Of yeah. like hit little Max with like these, I dude, guess strippers. It had to be real. It had to be real. <laughs> It was, dude. It's There's so no way bizarre. it was fake. Like, they had those phony, like, makeshift WWE ones. Right? It was hilarious. Right? Yeah. Um, so Max comes out to have his rebar mitzvah, and he's interrupted by Jungle Boy. And then he's interrupted by Sammy Guevara. And then he's interrupted by Darby Allen. I thought this was a really cool moment where all four of the pillars are in separate corners. And Max says, what do you want? And all three of them at the same time, I want a title match. I thought that was pretty clever, but... I know you wanted to talk about Darby's promo specifically. Each guy cuts a promo. First of all, I thought that the interchange – there's a few things I thought about with that segment. Number one, um, it's a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. Like it's a segment where you got three guys that have not been in the title scene, necessarily the AEW title. And because MJF is the champion and he does have – and they explained it in the promo, they've all had history together in some way, shape, or form. Form, usually with MJF beating them all. Right. Um, I mean, that people can shit on MJF all he wants. Scoreboard. Um, <laughs> they um, MJF's won all their mat the matches he's faced against them. Uh, so it all it actually made sense that those people deserve a title match and they won a title match. Obviously, there's that 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 relationship of like, oh, these are the people that are called the four pillars. Uh, uh, and the crowd uh, picked up on that. Once yeah, they and they knew it the immediately. Ring. They're not. They're not dumb. Yeah, and they all got their shot to to look good in the promo, including Darby. Now, the Darby one was interesting for two reasons. Number one, Darby never really cuts a lot of like angry promos, and he seemed he tried to channel anger. 
like mm-hmm. in in his like approach to MJF or Max as they kept calling him about like how he feels like he's worked his ass off he doesn't complain blah 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 then he started digging into the locker room and i thought it was kind of interesting because darby's not one of these people who whines and complains like ever not just uh on the program but in real life i don't even know and if darby started, allen's on social media like i'm sure he and is. he started doing the thing where he was mocking the wrestler i'm upset i want out of my contract i'm gonna be honest with you i think that was a shoot i think he was like kind of taking a dig at somebody or some people mm-hmm that's all. Like, that was just my one thought that I felt was interesting. I don't know if the other three people shared his sentiment, but I, I got a feeling that some of the, that those four people were in the ring thinking, ha, we're in the tight, we're in a title match. We're in a, we're in a, we're in a world title angle. And these people are not because they cry too much. <laughs> you know, awful. Jungle Boy's got a little bit of uh snark to him. Um, Man, his I feel like I'm good. Feeling like I'm bringing up Twitter a lot, but like he, somebody asked a question on Twitter, and he goes, "You could watch this movie." And he posted a link to Rocky on Netflix. <laughs> you can see him punk mention he's never seen a Rocky movie in his life. <laughs> well, listen, Luke Perry's your dad. You probably watched every movie known to man. Right, exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, this the man's last movie was a Quentin Tarantino movie. If yeah. you didn't know that, so like I didn't know which one. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood, they were doing a scene where oh, Leo okay. DiCaprio, as the actor, was trying to like do a scene with uh, like a cowboy western, and Luke Perry is the sheriff. Huh. And he actually died before it came out. Hmm. Unbelievably, but but yeah, like <laughs> I mean, J- Jungle Boy's got some. Yeah, he's got some sauce to him. Um, MJF, duh, like he, no one can touch him on the mic. And then Guevara's got a little bit of that sass for sure. I mean, I think people are going to see that on the reality show. The I do too. Yeah, yeah, I could see it in the first half of the sneak peek where clearly he thinks a lot of himself. Yeah, you know, I and think it's a very confident. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting direction to main event double or nothing. Um, with like a four way. I think that's where it's going. Yeah, yeah they had four way staring at the sign, right? And and you know what? I think it's a nice answer to some of the criticism. Like, where are the stories and. Again, the story thing, to bring that back up, one I think is a valid criticism is I think they repeat stories a little too much. Like a lot of MJF's feuds are like, you have to run the gauntlet to face me. Well, he can't do that with these guys. So it's like, you know, they're they're forcing him to tell a different story uh, because you can't have three guys run a gauntlet, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like, and it's going to be four corners or a four, whatever they want to call it. Sure. Like, but I'm sure that if that main evented, and let's be real, like, they can go, AW's loaded, like, they could go with a lot of other options at the top if they really wanted to. Yep. I don't think blood, we, we kind of alluded to it, but I think blood and guts would be a bad idea because you would need two rings. Um, and I don't know if yeah. that's a... Yeah, I uh, agree. I, I don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, we'll we'll see when we get there. But, um... I think this being the main event of Double or Nothing would work. And I always thought that Sammy Guevara as the underdog that everybody counts out has and kind of has to prove himself is the best version of him. I agree. I always believe that. Him as like the cocky heel, it's fine as a character. As a, as a in the ring, I never liked it that much. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this this match, you know, for all the criticisms, because I think, I think we're pretty – fairly balanced like if we have a problem with aw we we air it we don't just you know praise everything they do mm-hmm. but i think this match is a perfect example of why i enjoy aew because it is an alternative 
to WWE. And I'm, I'm speaking as someone who's, I consider myself a lapsed WWE fan. I can't say that I hate WWE because I watched WWE for 30 something years of my life. You know what I mean? I, I watch it almost like by accident. Like right. I just turn it on. Like, and like, DVR, and now it's turn it on. I want know? WWE to be a show that I enjoy, but like when I try, it's just, it's just not for me. You know, it's, it's not for me right now. Like I, I moved past the part where I used to watch it and be angry. I just don't watch it now. You know, it's whatever. Yeah, I, I don't hate watch WWE right. anymore. And so that's that why I'm sense. thankful for a company like AEW because I do think it's a, it's a true alternative. And yes, there's a lot of tropes that I don't think they're copying WWE. It's just it's just a wrestling trope. But I think you take a match like this and you put these four guys in a pay-per-view main event. Darby Allen would never, ever main event a pay-per-view in WWE. Jack Perry would never do that. I think MJF playing the character he is right now would never do that. Like, I think you have four guys that could never have this opportunity if WWE is the only game in town. And I think this is a perfect example of why AEW matters. Um, you know, and it's it just, it, it's, it's, it's cool to have an alternative. Yeah, I also like the little touch of, like, how MJF, like, looked like he was in a hangover because he just had, like, an absolute war with Danielson. Yeah, um, they, they pulled the sunglasses off and he double shined. <laughs> you look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, whenever you bring a cake out to a wrestling segment, you know someone's getting it. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like tried. It's just like a wedding. I don't remember a single wedding that went without a hitch in pro wrestling. Yeah, gosh. but uh, maybe uh, just Uncle, one. what Dexter about Lewis, Uncle Almers? <laughs> Uncle Almers and uh, and uh, Dexter Loomis and what's his face? What's her face? Uh, Indy Hartwell. Those are the only ones that actually went fine. Okay, but um, but no. Uh, listen, these are things that'll just bridge them towards the month of May. We talked about how the the fact that there's less time. Like the most amount of time is between full gear revolution, so it feels like a drag when you're trying to get to that point of the building up to the pay per view. Double or nothing is not so much, so it's only two months. And then Forbidden Door is like, oh, it's you'll be shocked when we get there, Jordan. It's going to be a month, yeah. four weeks, yeah. and we go to Forbidden Door. And then two months after that is um, um, all out. So like, it, like there's like less time that you need to waste or quote-unquote fill to get to double or nothing so i guess they could they could tell some pretty good stories on the way like it seems to me like ftr versus the guns we'll see this might be something that they just blow off in long island you know put the titles back on ftr i don't know it's hard it's hard to tell at this point um but we'll know probably by the time we roll back in two weeks we're gonna know really well what double or nothing's got in store yeah and listen man Again, for maybe the seventh episode in a row, I hope Jeff Jarrett's involved because this dude is the most consistently. <laughs> were you the one? Were you the guy that was rooting for him to Orange Cassidy? No, no, I don't. I don't. I think if he wins a belt, the All Atlantic title, the international. Title. I think if he wins a belt, all the good, all the goodwill that he's built up goes away immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's just such old school, like Memphis style, overbooked. In a good way. It was a TNA main stuff. event. It was a TNA main event. Yeah, it was, it was so only good. Jeff Jarrett booked it. So good. Yeah, like Orange Cassidy should be a pillar himself. Like so Dude, good. Dude, Orange Cassidy is putting in the work. It's so funny because his character is I'm the laziest person in the world. Orange <laughs> right, Cassidy right. is a fucking workhorse. Right. Like I can't. I can't remember the last bad match I saw with him. No, to be real. for real. Like. And he's out there with Satnam Singh, and and he's going it alone now because Dan Housen got surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, did you see? Like, so I made reference to it at the beginning of the episode. So when the Bucks got taken to the hospital, then Hangman Page shows back up in the ambulance. Yeah, and he they, throws the keys down. Yeah, did, did you see the the clip that they did? 
No. After the after the show, they 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 filmed the clip, and I don't know what they put on their Twitter account or something, where you see the keys on the ground, and it pans up, and it's it's uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. They pick up the keys and drive away in the <laughs> ambulance. <laughs> I bet you Trent's mom was driving that one too. You're right. <laughs> so the best friends have an ambulance right now. That's that's all we know. If there's anybody who knows how to how to create havoc in a parking lot, <laughs> it's the best friends. <laughs> That's really good. I didn't even see that. I didn't even catch that. I didn't either. I thought, I think, just today. You know, Jordan, that's weird. That's some good storytelling by All Elite Wrestling. Right. (laughs) Uh, I'm saying that because if if an ambulance shows up on Dynamite, you don't have to be Swerved. You know who it is. Oh, it's not Swerved Strickland. (laughs) Swerved did mention, um, I think it was on Rampage, he cut a promo that he's bringing in new recruits, which I hope means that these dorks that they've saddled him with are done. Swerve Strickland probably went to Tony and said, I'm done with these white people, bro. <laughs> Dude, for real. Like, man, you Get have sang the praises of Swerve Strickland so much on the show. Mm-hmm. And he, he does the best with what they give him, but they don't give him much, do they? No, no. We we see that problem with Jade Cargill where it's like yeah. they Good really build up to something and they just don't fu- – this is your biggest complaint about AEW, I want to say. Yeah. My complaint always about AEW is just they, they sign too many people and they don't know what to do with them. Right. Your biggest complaint is that they push something really hard and then they let it go. Right. And, they and, and, we, and it's not limited to me because we actually got some feedback from uh, one of our listeners. And this is the question he asked us. I'll, I'll read his question word for word. He said, what the hell do you do with Jade Cargill? She's got the star presence but can't seem to have good competitive matches and has cooled considerably, which I think is the bigger issue. How do they either heat her up or get the belt off of her without killing her aura if they haven't already? First question, I guess, have they killed her aura, do you think? No, but it's on life support. I like agree. we yep. they were she wasn't on double or nothing. You know where she does her customary holy shit, she's dressed like a superheroine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let me go to the bathroom alone for a little while entrance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but no, for real, no pay-per-view appearance. Yep. Uh, she literally had promos where she was literally just asking, "I will wrestle anyone. Yep. I will wrestle anyone." And you know, the goons, uh, the goons in this case are Layla Gray. They reintroduced Smart Mark Sterling because I guess they just needed a mouthpiece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, Stokely Hathaway had moved on already, um, and he was doing some mini feud with Hook just now. Yeah, that was great but too. It was funny. We'll get to that one. Um, but Jade, like. It, it just feels like they they just don't they're not following through with anything. Yeah. She looks strong in all the matches. Here's how I feel. This is just this is my take of where they could go with it. Uh, well, or I'll get your opinion first. Do you think that it's lost steam? Oh, it's definitely lost steam. I don't I don't think it's like down to zero, like zero to a hundred. But I would say it's at like six or seven out of hundred. Like it, it's she's running out of fuel for sure. <laughs> yeah. So here's my idea. Now, I don't think it's going to be the same as yours, but this is – and I don't think a lot of people think this is a good idea, but I'll just say it. I think she should lose on a fluke like Mike Tyson did to Buster Douglas. Okay. Yeah. I think it should be one of those, bam, out, lost the title, like Ronda Rousey with Holly Holm. That's what they should do. Yeah, I, I think I think that could work because I think the undefeated is an albatross right now. Like. Mm-hmm. I think, and this is kind of crazy because I think people who criticize him feel the opposite. I think Tony Khan almost suffers from booking too far ahead. And I think if I were to guess, I would bet in his mind he wants her to get to 100 no. But the problem is it's taking freaking forever. Because forever. she's not 
wrestling any wrestling matches. Right. So like call an audible. I I, I like your idea. Have her lose, okay. and I don't even think it should be like Tara Valkyrie. Like have Willow beat her. Yeah, you have know? just a random. Yep. You know, it could be. I mean, Buster Douglas was a random. Like, was Buster Douglas a good boxer? Of course, he knocked out the world champion. Sure. Sure. But was he Evander Holyfield? No. No. He immediately dropped it to Evander Holyfield. Right. You know, that's kind of what we thought was going on with the acclaimed when they dropped the belts of the guns. This is an intermediary if the FTR won it back. Yeah. And that's I, if you want to do that with the TBS title. The thing too with Jade that's disappointing is the is the fact that yes, she was green at the time when she won the TBS title in early 22. But they already had a women's title and they basically kind of like had church and state where Jade was feuding with this portion of the women's division. And then, you know, Britt and now Soraya and Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter, they're over on this side. How about you just cross them together? Right. Now you've got some interesting storylines, but it's like they're trying to protect her from looking weak. Yeah. I do think some stuff hasn't been their fault. Like, I really think they were going to have a program with her and uh, Chris Statlander. I don't know that Statlander would have beat her, but I think that was a program they were building to, and then Statlander got hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, Another issue I think that is with her is like you mentioned she's green you know we just talked about how you know at the end of the day the wrestling matters i think if she was a better wrestler she would still maintain some aura but she is inexperienced you know so she can't make up the lack of interest by just putting out a banger because she her matches aren't very good (laughs) there's that it's like bobby lashley when he started i'm not trying to say bobby lashley's a bad wrestler Yeah, but it's all Uh, image it's all appearance let me i'm gonna like try to explain it the best way i can when Bobby started, he was very green, mm-hmm. like very green. But he had those moments where you're like, oh, man, there's potential there. Yeah. Bobby had to go through the ringer to like really figure out what he was good at and bad at. And I think at this point, Bobby Lashley is a good professional wrestler. Oh, yeah. You know, I think so, too. I think, I think he's a well-rounded performer. He's a spectacular, I mean, incredibly strong. You do a lot of stuff. He sells pretty well, even though he's he can easily just dominate every opponent he has because he looks like a fucking he looks like a muscle with a head on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jay Cargill is the kind where she's so much taller, she's so much stronger. Like it's hard to find somebody who can go toe to toe with her. I actually enjoy the matches where Jade struggles, and it looks like she's going to mm-hmm. slip on a banana mm-hmm. peel. But we haven't seen it happen yet. And you're right, and we can actually put this back to Roman Reigns, like. Yeah. I understand the idea that you want Roman Reigns to be the champion forever and ever and ever, and you want him to break Hulk Hogan's record. You want him to break this record. I mean, Bruno's is untouchable. Let's be real. Sure. Okay? But at what point – like, at what point do you psych yourself out? Like, at what point do you have this go for so long that, say, Roman Reigns tears his bicep? God willing, I hope that never happens. Mm -hmm. But what if he does, and all of a sudden he has to drop the belt? Right. Now you psyched yourself out. Now right. you have to drop the belt like very quickly, and you never intended to do it for whatever person is like on top with him at the at the time. You know, we're saying this while they're probably trying to figure out who, when, you know, as we you know drop on a Friday, like if he's going to lose the belt to Cody Rhodes or not. You know, but for Jay Cargill, it's not as big of a deal. You know, this isn't the AEW World Champion. It's not the WWE Champion. It's the team. TBS championship. Right. I think you can play with it a little bit. Yeah. I, I think I was thinking about the Roman thing earlier today too. And I think one of the things with Jade that is kind of a common like misconceptions that wrestling fans have is we have the idea that if something lasts long, that makes it good. And just because Jade's been champion for a long time, doesn't mean it's been a good title reign. Like Roman's been champ for a long time. And I think 
I think it's been a, a good title reign, like for him. Like again, oh, he entertain. Like, uh, let me tell you right now, Roman Reigns entertains me. Right, I like his matches. I enjoy his. Business. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like when he became champion, to think of this guy from like 2015, where like crowds so much wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah, you know, like I don't think even a biggest critic of WWE can say that Roman's title reign was a was a flop. It worked. But it's not just because it's long. You know, sometimes people think just because – same thing with a match. Like, oh, it went 30 minutes, so it was good. Well, sometimes 30 minutes sucks. Yeah, you know how long um, Vikingo versus Omega was? <laughs> 17 minutes. Right, exactly. 17 minutes. And so and I think some people would, like, say that Jade's been handled well just because she's been champion for so long. But I yeah. think it's almost the opposite. Like, okay, she's been champion for so long that now you – and you haven't done anything. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, Um but to answer the question about how do they heat her up, I think what you said might be the best way is have her lose. You know, um, have her lose. And all of a sudden, now, like, we talked about Rocky Three. This is Rocky Three. Yeah. This is one where, like, you got clever langed and now you got to come back from it. Yeah, you know, or now, even, like... Now it's about the journey. Sometimes it's about journey. Yeah, like, maybe she questions herself. Maybe she, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really know... Um, I don't know who the best candidate is. I, I always think Willow would be a good choice because I think that's I, what made the MJF story. Like we went into it kind of lukewarm. I think a lot of fans did with Danielson. What made it great is that da- MJF had to dig down deep to win that match. I know mm-hmm. some people say he did nefarious means with the oxygen tank and blah blah blah, but he had to use his smarts. But he also had to out wrestle him a couple times to win that sure. match. Yeah, it was a good and match. And that's. And that's the idea for a character, whether it be a heel or a face. Sometimes you need that adversity to really show what you're made of. Right. Like the Adam Cole story's fun, and you know why? Because he's got to do, he's got to come back from something that almost ended his career, right. legitimately. Which leads me to another thing that I think could help Jade Cargill is putting her on something like All Access, because ultimately she's got a great look. She looks great. And don't and piss she's, her off backstage. And she's like, I'm money and I kill everybody. But there's not much to her character. So if we see like a little bit of her personality, like an all access, and just get a peek of who she is, that might help her too, you know? Yeah, I didn't get to see that portion of it. Um, yeah, I don't know if she's I on it or not, admit, but, you know. It has to be. It has to be, so. you know. it. The way it looked to me when I was watching it, it felt a little bit like Total Divas. Okay. However, it's the wrestlers. It's not the diva portion and all the other men male wrestling part is kind of like on the outside and nobody knows what's going on. This right. sort of digs you into the wrestling. And I know that John Moxley made that po- that thing about on his podcast with Renee about how there's so much drama and bullshit. Well, maybe some of it was manufactured for the show. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they're doing that for posturing or for performative reasons, but, you know, like, I, I guess maybe there are some people that are, if there's a camera in front of them all the time, they feel like they have to put on a character all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got to talk about, man. We got Adam Cole versus Daniel Garcia. Yeah, we do. That's Adam Cole's return match against Daniel Garcia, who, you who like beat Brody King, which that one surprised me that Garcia got Yeah, there. I didn't like that match, man. No, I didn't think it was very neither good. Neither did I, and I don't like the result either. I don't think Brody King should lose to him. They had Jericho get the hometown. He's interfering, and he's rallying Daniel Garcia's stuff. And stop, pin Buddy. Like, pin, if, you want one of the, if you want Jericho's team to go over, have Buddy get pinned. Yeah, there was only one good match on, um, I mean, any of the rampages that I, I that I really liked uh, so far, and that was uh, Hobbs versus Phoenix. I thought yeah. that was a good one. Yeah, I didn't um, think the one he had with Penta was very good. So you heard that um, 
Jamie Hader hasn't been on because she's got some visa problems. She's overseas. I heard about that. Yeah. Yes. So, because I was wondering, I'm like, okay, why is the champion not actually on TV? She's wrestling Riho in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Riho is That's- wrestling Nyla Rose after we just live watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, Tony Khan listens to the show. Yep. Thanks, Tony, for listening. As always, send us some crates. He put the title on Powerhouse Hobbs. He uh, gave Brody King a title. Yep, yep. Like, we were trying to do a tournament where it was the people in AEW didn't have belts yet. Well, we're running out of Yeah, options. we have to keep erasing all of our entries. <laughs> right. Tony's like, oh, really? They have this in the stages. <laughs> Let me squash that. Yeah, I'm at the point where the great Okan is a three seed. <laughs> <laughs> is he on? Yeah, he's got to be because he's in the embassy, right? He's got a title. He's got the ROH. Oh, not, no, he's not in the embassy. He's in the. He's in New Japan. He's from. He was. He teamed with Jeff Cobb. Oh, Great Ocon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. I'm mixing up the other guys. Yeah, so I know the, you're the, about the Gates that. of Agony. Those guys suck. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you want? Do you have any thoughts about? I know I, we didn't get in like delve really deep. But did, do you have any thoughts about Supercard of Honor? Like Just that I think it looks like a great show. Um, like I look at. Is every... it worth a buy? Is it worth like a forty dollar buy? Hmm. That's what that's what everybody's looking at right now. Yeah, no, I would say no. See, that's the thing about AEW, dude. Like, and I try. I think I I I know I sound like a broken record for people who have listened to the show, and thank you for listening. That the pay per view people can mock Tony Khan all they want. Leave you me, especially when this All Access show comes out. He'll deserve a lot of mockery. Okay, <laughs> you know, there's a there was one that came out involving John Moxley and his contract that made my fucking brain explode. But the one that really, like, the, the thing I will say about Tony Khan, and I think he takes a lot of pride in it, he always delivers on the fucking pay-per-views. The pay-per-views yeah. are always good. Yeah, like, I think maybe one of the worst shows of the past year was All Out, and it wasn't bad. It was just excessively long. Yeah, yeah, it was a mess. It was really, really long, and... Yeah, even that, I think they've righted that ship. Like, that was a big criticism. It was like, okay, this show was good, but it was 40 minutes too long. And if it was 10 minutes too long, that's one thing. 40 minutes, okay, chill. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and that's, uh, hey, that's Jade, Jade Cargill got the axe probably because of that. You know, like, sorry, you have no real storylines. You're not on the pay-per-view. So, I mean, more power to him for making those correct calls. And, yeah, and, 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 and they have so many tools. He's got so many toys in his toy box. Like, yeah. he's got Kenny Omega, the singles competitor. Like, mm-hmm. but the one thing I will have to say that is immediately, um, I can immediately tell. I don't know if you see it. Kenny Omega with the man bun is the singles one. Kenny with the hair down is the elite one. <laughs> I have not noticed that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep. All right, let's get back in two weeks. Tell me when he wrestles Jeff Cobb, does he have a man bun? Gotcha. If he has so a like man if, bun, if he gets his man bun yanked out, does that mean that the young bucks are returning? It's like it's like LeBron James with the headband. You take off the headband. <laughs> right. yes. um, but even too, he's saying he's got all the toys in the toy box. Perfect example of that. So Adam Cole's finally back in the ring. He's facing um, Daniel Garcia. Adam Cole reminds me, and this is again going back to internet rumors. And this is all just like this is clearly done just to get people like us talking. Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Song both posted on Instagram stories like pictures of them together wrestling and stuff and yeah kyle o'reilly's like, in the reality show he had said but no one knew this that he had surgery yeah well not only that but now people are saying like "Ooh, is roderick strong finally free to go to AEW?" Mm-hmm. so who Marina knows shafir and her, him have been together forever like it, it, it wouldn't make Marina sense shafir you know her <laughs> <laughs> you know her i um oh my god you I, don't you know, know her i just realized something 
and I, I hate to break this to you. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to this new cycle leading up to Revolution, but I'm going to have to drop it to you now. No. Are you ready? Sure. <sighs> Paul White has been medically cleared. <laughs> I, Do you want to know what? I didn't. Did you hear? See, I, I can add he, something. Did you see who he yeah, wants sure. to have a match with? Yeah. Kenny Omega. <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> He's like, I the think big, I could have a good match with Kenny Omega. Who couldn't, bro? The, the best bout machine versus the big bout machine. <laughs> yeah, he, he. I saw a thing where he's like, I think I could have a really good match with Kenny Omega. I'm like, that's the only guy you could have a good match with, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, so supposedly he got knee replacement, which is, uh, wow. Gosh, so, how old would he be? Like 40, mid-40s? This sounds like the Lonzo Ball surgery. Yeah, you know? right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. I mean, listen. All power to Paul White. He's been doing the elevation stuff. He does, um, you know. They showed him on Access doing kind of like agent stuff. So if you know, if he finds inspiration helping out guys, and he just has the itch and he wants to get back in the ring and wants to do something great, if it's not entertaining, all I can tell Tony Khan is, we warned you. We yeah. warned you. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see him. Maybe like they'll do like a oddities type <coughs> thing where he goes face to face with Satnam Singh. Mm-hmm. But even that doesn't sound very appealing to me. I mean, they got they got ancillary things going on. What did you think of the Stokely Hathaway one where he was forced to wrestle Hook? Oh, I thought it was really good fun. Like when he had the the note from the doctor that he wasn't <laughs> medically cleared, and it was a ring a receipt from Wingstop. Yeah, he goes, it's a receipt from Wingstop. And if you if you looked at the thing when he handed it to him, it says he's sick. <laughs> Well, first of all, I don't. I actually don't know this. You might know this from Evolve. Did, mm. did Stokely Hathaway wrestle a lot? Uh, not a lot. I'm sure he probably had a couple matches, but not. It was not a regular thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm I'm legitimately curious because I have no idea. I love how he was dressed like a Nation of Domination wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> his his intro by Justin Roberts was funny too. Yeah, I can't remember great. word for word, but it was very funny. Um, absolute Ricky Starks with Juice Robinson. I'm great. I'm fine with it. Sure, like yeah, it's it's a nice fun. little thing. They're gonna have a match in Long Island as well. It looks like they're being two weeks ahead on some things. Um, for that uh-huh. Long Island show because yeah, they said, got the, they got the guns in the in the FTR already. And then and Jamie Hayer Rio because of the visa issue, so she won't be back in the states until then. Yep. Um, so that makes that makes sense as well. And um. I'm trying to think of some other things like, you know, Orange Cassidy still is the international champion. Mm-hmm. Um, we have not seen Pac in quite some time. No, now I will, I will tell you this. So they had one on Rampage where um, Powerhouse Hobbs and his. Yeah, first his, he beat Penta and then he beat Ray Phoenix. Yeah, and so we beat Penta and they were trying to beat down on him and Ray Phoenix came out with the Hummer. So oh, I wonder, okay. So I he's been corrupted. Fully I corrupted. I wonder if something's coming. I wonder if uh, the bastard is on his way back. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things that are non-Ring of Honor that are kind of like been popping up uh, on the side. I guess uh, Don Callis is really going hard on the NIL push for <laughs> Kanosuke Takeda. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of fun. Like, There's like hey, a scene where he Miami, met him at the hey, airport with like a red carpet listen, and man, stuff. NIL yeah. Miami Hurricanes. It got him in the Final Four. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Um, and then there was another one. And I think it involves uh, uh, Matt Menard and uh, Cool and Angie are trying to recruit the acclaimed. In some way. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, they okay. were on a commentary on the page. They were basically like trying to talk them in. Like, oh, you're a sports entertainer. Why don't you join us kind of thing. Okay. Uh, I saw Action Andretti got legitimately hurt. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Um, I think it was on like a dark taping. It wasn't on TV. Okay. Um, 
didn't we have J- Zack Saber Jr. on Ring of Honor? He was on the first episode. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember who he wrestled. Um, we're gonna have to get Steve uh, to be our, our resident Ring of Honor uh, correspondent. Yeah. Takeshita wrestled on that show. I watched the very first one. Anna Jay's back from her surgery. Not her surgery, her injury. She got, for those who didn't know, she got legitimately hurt on that powerbomb with Willow Nightingale in that, that brawl that they had on Rampage like a few months ago. Was I it, didn't realize that. Was it Anna Jay and Britt Baker that had the match at the house show that video surfaced of how bad it was? I want to say yes. Yeah, it was definitely Britt Baker. I don't know if it was Anna so, Jay yeah, I, I, or I Ty, Ty Mello. I will read their house show results right now. I got them in front of me. It was okay. in Troy, Ohio on March 18th. So uh, you love house shows, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to read these, and you tell me how much how enjoyable these would have been, okay? Okay. All Ego Ethan Page defeats Sean Dean and then loses to Hook. Mm, okay. okay. I'd, rather, Jared, I'd rather see someone else lose to Hook, but. Jeff Jarrett defeats Brian Pillman Jr. Love it. Love it. Okay. Only guy I want to see Jeff Jarrett beat. Shave <laughs> his head, you- kick him out of the company. <laughs> Newly heel outcast Ruby Soho nope. defeats Billy J. <laughs> nope. So you do. Uh, we don't even have to talk too much. You don't like the outcast stuff. I don't mind it. I, I think Tony Storm's the best of the three. I think Soraya is. I don't know. She's lost something, and I don't like Ruby Soho at all. But I like Tony Storm. She's doing her yeah, best Tony to Storm, carry those two. Tony Storm's fine. I saw her wrestle a decent match with Billy Starks on Dark um, yeah. in Orlando. Um, QT Marshall defeats Pat Buck. That's surprising. He doesn't wrestle much anymore. Um, I saw Casey Marshall has a new finisher. It's like a vertical suplex into a sit-out powerbomb. Yeah, cool he's looking. calling it the, the dirt sheet driver. Yeah, it's cool looking, it. but like, there's no way he could do that to a big guy. No, no way. No way. It reminds me of like Wrath used to do that. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. When he flipped him up. But uh, that was a power slam. That wasn't a powerbomb. Mm-hmm. Um, Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen defeat Butcher and the Blade. Um, oh, that could be fun. That infamous Dr. Britt Baker and a shame match that nobody will ever forget. Yeah, it was rough. Powerhouse Hobbs defeats Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels, wow. And then the uh, main event, John Moxley and Claudio defeat Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. That was the show. I mean, what I read was that it was like $20 general admission. If I paid 20 bucks for that, I probably would be satisfied. Okay. You know, because 20 bucks. Hey, that's fine. You see Moxley, you see some stars, you see Orange Cassidy, you see Darby, um, Hook's there. Yeah, you know, sounds okay. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. If I was in uni- if I was in Orlando and they had those batch of tapings, I would probably be all for that. Oh yeah, like when same they here. Do those Ring of Honor dark tapings, I same would here. have so much fun. Like, I don't know if I would sit there for hours and hours and hours, but it would be fun. I think if, if they, they do, if they do more house shows. I think it should be almost exclusively people that aren't on TV with maybe a couple TV guys in the main event to draw some tickets. Like, get these guys, just let them keep getting their reps. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I understand some of the complaints. Like, Lance Archer, I think, has been on social. I think that was one of the things that Moxley had said. Like, people complain on social media too much. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm Lance Archer and I'm sitting at home a lot and I am a legit stud and I know that I can deliver good, violent matches, I am kind of mad that I am not in... Um, that not Big Bill's got your spot. <laughs> like The thing is, though, and I'm not trying to say WWE does it right and AEW does it wrong, is that, you know, I guess policing or social media policing for a corporation, and let's be real again, all we wrestling is a corporation. Mm-hmm. It is not one of these upstart, oh, we're, we're ragtag, barnstorm, we're just doing it for the little guy. Company. Outlaw Mud they, Show, baby. 
all lead wrestling is legitimate it's like it's a legitimate money making company now mm-hmm. but i guess social media police these companies is actually not a bad idea where you have somebody just basically their job is just to watch what all the yeah. all the people roster is doing and they get a call literally like five minutes i know you hear these stories on podcasts like man i wrote a cryptic tweet and five minutes later i got a call telling me to take it down right. well the the truth is if you worked at any corporation that would probably happen anywhere right what well, reminds me of is pretty famous meme there's some girl like this was years ago on twitter some girl like tweeted like i got accepted to nasa f yeah and a guy wrote back he said language and she goes, F that. And he goes, F that, blah, blah, blah. He goes, well, I work for NASA. And basically she lost her job because she was cussing. And the guy who worked for NASA said, hey, don't you got to be, don't you got to watch what you, you got to watch what you do. Yeah. Everything is doxxed. Yeah. Like, you know, and I'm not, the thing that's hard about it with pro wrestling in general, the industry is that, and I'm not trying to say it's smutty. It's just that there, it, there's no unions. Nobody knows the details of the contract. We literally just had doxxed recently. The salary sheet for WWE in 2006. Yeah, where Eddie Guerrero was getting paid even though he was dead. Yeah, and and, and like Triple H had the Supermax. And it's like, it like blew people's minds. Like, it's like, dude, yeah, this is what they make. Like, it Mm -hmm. would like, it would legitimately shock you if you knew how much people make. In that basketball really, and football and baseball, they're collectively barred, and every everything's in the open. Everybody knows Hollywood, Variety, and the Hollywood Reporter got that shit down pat. They know exactly how much a movie costs. They know what the stars got paid. They know the commissions. Pro wrestling is one of the one industries with no union where you, everything is shrouded in mystery. And nobody knows anything. Well, you, That's you, why I feel bad for the Meltzers. You mentioning the the, the the salaries coming out and Triple H got the supermax. It just came out like Pat this past week. Chris Jericho said, "Hey." Because uh, somebody asked Dave Meltzer if still in 2023, if wrestlers have to pay for travel and hotel expenses and stuff like that. And Dave Meltzer was like, yeah. And Jericho was like, no, not in AEW. We don't. Like, it just came out that AEW wrestlers don't have to pay for all their travel expenses, whereas WWE guys still do to this day. I think that's just a new luxury. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's just something where it's like that's just afforded to you, I guess, these days. Yeah. You know? But it should um, be. I mean, like, you guys – I mean, I guess – in. In WWE's defense, AEW guys are traveling a lot less than WWE. That would be a significantly larger bill for WWE because they're doing the house shows and they're doing way more, way more shows than AEW. But still, like, pay for your guys' airplane tickets, you know? <laughs> yeah, like they're they're doing Canada, but what they're doing is they're they're going to be in Canada for weeks. Like they're going to do Forbidden Door, yeah, which like you- half of July, basically. And the part that I didn't mention about the sellout that is makes it even more impressive, that's Scotiabank Arena. That's the one where the Raptors play. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a twelve to fourteen thousand seat state uh, arena. Yep. And they sold that thing out really quick. So clearly they got something big in mind for that show. But they also have shows coming in after that in um in Canada in like uh, mainly in like Saskatoon. I think they're going to Edmonton. Um yep. and so they so and uh, Calgary. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be. Uh, I wonder, Bill. I, I wonder, Bill. <laughs> we, I heard that Bill Goldberg is a free agent. What if they signed Bill Goldberg and he put him in Calgary? Gosh, man. <laughs> Could you and just have just have Bret Hart? <laughs> <laughs> FDR would quit right then and there. They'd be like, no, <laughs> sorry. Undo the uh, contract signing. You know what? You do you want to talk about it even just lickety quick? Um, would you say yes or no immediately to that? Bill Goldberg. Yes. I'd probably say no. Okay. I mean, I can't... Well, clearly say no because they didn't renew it. Like, I I get the appeal of a Bill Goldberg, 
But in 2023, is he going to sell any tickets? Probably not. Is he going to sell pay-per-views? Probably not. He, you might be able – maybe you sign him just so you can get some Goldberg merchandise out there. But even that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see the value of him. Um, that, It's hard to say. I, I will like say, with WWE, you got some dream matches, and they've kind of milked those dry. Like I don't even, I can't even think of a Goldberg dream match in AEW. Who like Wardlow? I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing about AEW is like, and we already talked about this before, but it's bare repeating. They have all the toys at the toy box. They have so much potential. They have so many dream matches you can have. The one thing that Tony Khan has to be careful of with the long term booking is the dream matches will not always be there. Like, things happen. Like, injuries happen. Bad bad attitudes happen. There are hurt feelings happen. There are some times where you think, oh, yeah, we could have this match down the road. You could have this match. You know, they're lucky to get any of these matches with Adam Cole. Adam Cole almost retired. Yeah. You know, so you got to – sometimes you got to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. I don't think the iron's hot with Goldberg, though. No. No, I agree with that part. But I would mentally prepare myself for the idea that it could happen. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Like, I could, I would not be surprised because Tony did have a quote about it because it's Tony. Um, that I wouldn't be surprised if he explored it. Have you know? Jeff Jarrett beat him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a spear, a full-on spear and a guitar to the head. Yep. It'd be WCW 2000 all over again. Choke on so it, happy. slap nuts. <laughs> <laughs> We need to get Chronic back. Oh, well, Brian Adams is no longer with us. Yeah, maybe you get the singer Brian Adams and nobody will know the difference. <laughs> well, he is from Canada. It's they true. Can it's true. And he can come out with Nick Gage and he can sing Cuts Like a Knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so the Dynamite, so they got um, Adam Cole and Daniel Garcia. Kenny Omega and Jeff Cobb, we talked about that. That's also for the IWGP US the title. US so title. Kind of okay. like, they're yeah, kind which of is Kenny, Kenny's the current champ there. Correct. He beat, beat Osprey for it. Osprey's injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to back out of some of those um, California shows, I believe. Yeah, my, my gut for Forbidden Door is that you get Kenny Osprey on an AEW card or Kenny. They might try and do Kenny Okada. I don't know. I thought about that too. Yeah, I thought about that. I mean, MJF Tanahashi. Give it to me. Like, I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are the, the two big ones that came to mind. Sonata just, uh, I think Sonata just turned on Tetsuya Naito, so he's like a fresh new okay. heel. Okada's kind of, yeah, so Kazuchika Okada's like, I don't think he's like a heel, but he's like a douchebag. I, I also like need a to apologize now. to Okada, because I also used to, like, always, I, I, I had mentioned before that I thought it was that drop kick to the head that got Adam Cole. I was wrong. It was an Uranagi from Jay White that did it. Jay White it was a sucks. very it, but there was, here's the funny part George. there was nothing like it was like it was like the one that happened with uh, the Undertaker WrestleMania 30 when he lost the streak. It was just a very basic thing. Yeah. And he just it just hurt his head. That's it. Yeah. You know. Um Orange Cassidy and the Butcher for the international title. Uh you already mentioned the Blackpool Combat Club squashing Dalton Castle and the Boys. Ruby Soho, Willow Nightingale and Jungle Boy versus Matt Hardy. Jungle Boy versus Matt Hardy. Hmm. Yeah, I don't understand the the gimmick. There. Is that is that they're still doing the thing with like where Ethan Page controls Matt Hardy, correct? Right, but also Matt Hardy is sort of like sliding into his DMs. He's sort of like egging him on that he doesn't need Stokely anymore. Okay, and all ego is sort of getting talked into it. Okay, because I mean, because clearly they just watched. They were watching from the monitor because they were banned from ringside where Stokely just got crushed by Hook. Yeah. Okay. You know. 
All right, I mean, that sounds like a fine show. Nothing like, nothing that makes me want to not watch, but nothing that's like, oh, man, I can't watch. Oh, well, don't worry, Jordan, because I found something for you to not watch. It's Battle of the Belt 6 in Kingston, Rhode Island on Good live Lord. on April 7th. I'll tune in if Justin Rosero hits the ring and, and challenges he for will, the I asked title. him already. He will not be there. Dang it. <laughs> I want Justin to fight Satnam Singh so bad. Yeah, we finally had a Sting appearance. He teamed up with uh, Darby and Orange Cassidy. Fun match. Yep, fun match. Fun. I mean, it's it's Sting. Like yep. some people are like, oh, Sting doesn't get people over. I'm like, that's not the point. The point right. is for him to be Sting. Right. Like that's what people want to see. You know. Also, um, don't, I want to ask you this one about the dream match part. No, regardless of whether of who the names are, like because we don't see too many of these matches. Like, oh wow, I never thought as a wrestling fan I'd see this. That Kenny Vikingo episode got close to a million mm-hmm. do you think the bump was because of that match or do you think it was just happenstance i don't think solely for that i think that there is a, a segment of people that wanted to see it but i think that and this is something that aw could do more of i think they told an episode long story it started with the bucks getting wheeled out and it ended with the with hangman coming back and i think there's something to that like to to the aw does not do very well is they book from week to week, but they don't book from eight to ten. Does that make sense? Yes, that like, makes sense. And sometimes, sometimes you get book from eight to ten, meaning okay, here's how the show starts, here's how it finishes. And you let's know tell who a story was great there. at that? To be quite honest, Nitro was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nitro was great at that. Yeah, like it's it's great to book week to week, but sometimes when you're just looking week to week, you forget about from start to finish of your own individual show. And I think this one was an exception to that, where they started with the Bucks being attacked in a mystery thing. And then Blackpool Combat Club was wreaking havoc throughout the show, and it all led up to something. And I think there's some intrigue in keeping people involved, like what's going on. You can't do a mystery every week, but you can do stuff every week, like tell a little story within the episode. Yeah. So. Um, and then there was only one random thing we can get to the get to our like finishing off segment stuff. Sure. Uh, Ruby Soho calling the fans neck bearded, mouth breathing trolls. You yeah. know what I? You know what my response to that was. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> I shaved. <laughs> that that was the only time where Ruby saw. I was like, "Huh, she just made me laugh." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's do this. Let's take like two to three minutes. Um, again, we're an AEW podcast. We've got a show called Clotheslines and Headlines on our network, but it is WrestleMania week. Andrew, like, what's what match would you like to see most at WrestleMania? What What are you most hyped for? The Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Okay. Because I like all four guys. Sure. You know, and it's a good I really would like to watch, and I hope they announce which night it's on. Uh, I want to see the Gunther, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, because I went back uh, about a month after it happened, watched the Gunther and Sheamus match, which I think was at the Clash at the Castle. That was awesome. And then just throwing Drew McIntyre in there isn't a negative to me. (laughs) Like, no, no, Drew's fantastic. He's been injured, not, not injured, but he's been like sick. Yeah. And he's been like wrestling, like working through it. But like Gunther is one dude that's just dude's incredible. Like it's hard I mean, to you see him up. you see all these fightful things that pop up a, a lot, you know, through um the news sites that like, you know, they had him geared for Brock and Brock didn't want to do it. I feel I'm gonna I I hate to pivot to this. I just feel bad for Bray Wyatt. And I know some people say like you know, well, he's not a good enough wrestler. This is why this happened. Vince is uh, Vince is sliding back into the company, and he's screwing Bray over. Maybe he's legitimately sick. But I, you know, I do. I did feel bad about that news bite that he pitched a match to Brock Lesnar. Brock said, "Uh, nah, not really. I don't want to do that." Yeah. 
that sucked. Yeah, I at the same time I don't blame Brock because like when yeah. I read about WWE stuff, the like I see clips, the Brock stuff to me is just like this is dumb. <laughs> it's just, and and he doesn't deliver in the ring either. So yeah, like yeah. as a person, I don't. I hope he's doing fine, but in the, professionally, that kind of sucks for him to like not have that opportunity. But yeah, I get. Yeah. I get your. Well, your remember he had a, he had a pitch black match with L.A. Knight. He had a pitch bad match with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So it's. A, I mean, listen. If he thought Omos was a better storyline, that's great. Who knows? I mean, I mean the sale, whatever. I mean, it's WrestleMania week, and they want pe- they want their name in the trades, and that's probably just a red herring. We'll see, um, but whatever. Um, the the other shows, I don't know the twenty five million things. I'm sure we'll have a North South um, correspondent who will be talking about all the shows that are be coming up. It um, feels like there's not as many as there used to be. Is GCW there? Uh, yes, they are running. Okay. They, they they run shows there. It's like a Ukrainian. The, the the place they run is something to do with like Ukrainian Hall or something like that. They, okay. They've run that they've run that place before. Well, don't tell Putin that. <laughs> I can give you. Well, Jennifer, give you Jennifer, Smith shows. Will, Jennifer Smith will talk about it. Here's here's the WrestleMania weekend 2023 full schedule courtesy of Voices of Wrestling. All right, let's go over these. Why not? Okay. Got it. Uh, Wednesday, March 29th. So it kicks off Wednesdays, which is we're taping on Tuesday. So it starts tomorrow, man. Oh, wow. Uh, at 1 p.m. at the Don Quixote Arena, Monster Mania. I don't know who any of these people are, Andrew. <laughs> M4 versus Mike Rain. Otto versus Loggins versus Riv. Remy versus I, – I don't know who any of these people are. Don't just... worry. All these people will be many eventing WrestleMania in 10 years. Yeah. Then we've got Pandemonium Pro Wrestling. Uh, There's another one. I don't know who these – oh, Effie. Okay. I've, I've heard of Effie. Okay. I know Effie. Billy yeah. Starks. I know her. I like her. War Horse is on that show. Okay, now we're starting to see see some names we know. Um, Vince. Hmm. There's a show called Ringmaster. Vince McMahon and the Unmaking of America launch party. Okay, so that is. That is either a book about it. It's an interview by it. Yeah, it's a book and it's an interview with the guy who wrote it. All right. Now, I know Netflix or. Mm, I'm trying to remember which one. Somebody was working on a documentary on on Vince McMahon, but I don't remember if it was Netflix or another one. Yeah, but Andrew, Wednesday night at Whiskey A Go Go, 8 p.m. Hollywood, California. You can still get tickets. Micromania Midget Wrestling. <laughs> oh my God! Where's King Kong Bundy when you need him? Well, Max Minnie's on the card. He's taking oh, wow. Octagoncito. Was he was he on that WrestleMania three card? No, Max he Mini. was way after that. He was in the 90s because he was around with Sonny, right? Max Mini? Get, yeah, he had to. He had to. Uh, but listen to this match. Minnie McGregor, which I guess is a Conor McGregor knockoff, is taking on Mini 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Scheduled to appear is Bridget the Midget. <laughs> Dr. Bridget. The <laughs> Dr. Bridget. The D, now we know what the M, now we know what the M and DMT means. <laughs> midget DMT doctor midget dentist. I mean, they call them little people now. I mean, they. Yeah. So you're proud of being called midget wrestling? Yeah, I don't know. Um, also, same night, you're gonna have to decide between. Okay, Andrew, you're in Hollywood. You're there for the week. You have to decide: Are you gonna go to Micro Man Midget Wrestling and see Mini Fifty Cent, or? Do you go to Violence and Suffering, Puerto Rico, Set the Tone, same time, 
Jordan Oliver. I've heard of Jordan Oliver. Was he in NXT? Never heard of him. Did he host the Daily Show? That <laughs> <Jordan laughs> was John Oliver. <laughs> uh, Laredo Kid. I've heard of Laredo Kid. Yes, I've seen Laredo Kid. He was in the first. He was in All In. He was in the but, main event of All In. But listen, this show has Brian Kendrick, and also there's a knockout fight: Vince Steele versus Rob Shit. <laughs> I don't know who I don't know who that is. Yeah, neither do I'm, I. I I would take Steel over shit. I think so too. Yeah, I mean Steel seems to be more. I don't know. Eh, shit would have a good chance. Um, at nine o'clock, there's a show. Uh, JTG is on the card. Wow. Okay. Alan Angels versus Chris Bay. Okay, I know those guys. Alan Angels, obviously from AEW, and Chris Bay is a NXT guy or not? Not NXT Impact guy. Impact. Yep. All right, that's all for Wednesday. Thursday. Santino Brothers Wrestling. All right. Uh, Santino Brothers Championship is Che Cabrera. He's taking on Willie Mack, who's currently doing some AEW stuff. Yes. Um, don't know any of these guys. I've heard of Kid Bandit. That's that's it. Uh, the IC Championship is Koto Hero versus TBA versus TBA versus TBA versus TBA versus TBA. <laughs> Ooh. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure Koto Ibushi was one of those. Good news. <laughs> At the Santino Brothers, scheduled to appear, Rob Shit and Slice Boogie. <laughs> well, we know who the hot prospect coming out of this is going to be. It's going to be Rob Shit. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think WrestleMania weekend was full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my god you know by the way stop before we i mean i'll let you finish it all yeah for those who say well aw all they do is scrap the table scraps of independent wrestling actually no <laughs> this is the table scraps of independent <laughs> <Right>. wrestling <laughs> uh there's a show called crimson crown wrestling um i don't know any of these guys either uh there's a guy named drex the homicidal artist yeah <laughs> Oh, I'm not making this up. Okay. A Supreme Violence Death Match. Drex, the homicidal artist, versus Neil Diamond Cutter. <laughs> oh, are they just making this up now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I bet they don't even have wrestlers for the shows. They're just putting the names out there. Right? Uh, the Cannabis Cup. Okay, here's here's one that I've actually heard of. Uh, GCW, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 9 at the Ukrainian Cultural Center on mm-hmm. Friday or Saturday. This is probably good. Yeah, so we've got Kota Ibushi taking on Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, yeah, so, that'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Marina Shafir versus Killer Kelly. So one good match, one not so good match. Uh, John Moxley's on that one. Josh Barnett taking on Timothy Thatcher. Jeff okay. Cobb is in there. Uh, David Boy Smith Jr. Interesting. Yep. Uh, there's a Lucha show. Um, bunch of Lucha guys, Negro Casas, Josh Alexander. Well, he won't be on there. No. Um, man, there is a lot of shows. I'm skipping over a lot of these. I mean, there's, I'm telling you, they just, it, it, I, I think Mike Bailey was the guy last year where they just like perform, perform, perform. Yeah. I remember they had, the um, year before he got signed, Matt Riddle was on everything. <laughs> I remember that Drew Galloway did an indie show mm-hmm. and he literally after finishing the indie show washed up and took a drive so he could do the ringside yeah. WWE surprise thing like they are hustling like yep. you are doing this to get eyeballs yep <coughs> wow would you uh, go to would you rather watch these randoms or would you rather watch Supercard of Honor knowing what the card is 
Probably Supercard of Honor, knowing no, but there's some there's something fun to go into these weird shows, right? Yeah, because you have no idea what you're watching. Yeah. Like okay. I bet when you watched Evolve in Michigan, there were probably shows where you didn't even know it was on the card. Yeah, like you they they'd announce one match and they'd have like scheduled to appear, but you don't know. But who you was came out of it like, oh my god, that was great. Yeah. So you know? <laughs> hey, seven p.m. at the Sheridan San Gabriel in San Gabriel, California, Empire Wrestling Federation. And Los Angeles Wrestling, they're collaborating, and the show is called Jake the Snake Roberts Flirting with Venom. There's a Snake Pit Battle Royal. Jake Roberts is going to appear. Is Tom Hardy in it? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but Alberto Del Rio is there. And oh, Masters. oh I, I, I'll tell you now, Alberto Del Rio has been in jail more than <laughs> Rock. Um, DDT goes Hollywood, so DDT's doing a show. That's kind of cool to catch the... Uh, no, that's the wild Japanese promotion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jun Akiyama and Eddie Kingston teaming up uh, there. Um, that's a good one. Nick Wayne. Isn't he the super young guy that signed to AEW? Yeah, he got signed by AEW when he was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. He's very close friends with um, Darby Allen. All right, here's a show we go over match by match. And New Japan and Impact. Multiverse United. This is the one that got ruined by the Alexander injury. Yeah, so Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Speedball Mike Bailey. That could be awesome. Mm-hmm. Moose versus Jeff Cobb. Heck yeah, give me that. Yeah. Uh, for the X Division, Trey Miguel versus Frankie Gazarian versus Rich Swan versus Kevin Knight versus Clark Connors versus Rocky Romero. Okay. I've seen Clark Connors before. He doesn't do anything for me. He did the Forbidden Door show when um, what's his face couldn't do it. Yeah, he was like the yeah. wannabe cowboy type thing. The, yes, yes, yes. Not a big fan of him. Uh, Kenta versus Minoru Suzuki. Okay. Uh, Bullet Club. This for the Impact Tag Title Bullet Club, which is Ace Austin and Chris Bay. Wow, Bullet Club is really scraping the barrel now. Uh, yeah. Taking on Aussie Open versus TMDK versus the Motor City Machine Guns. Cool. So I think TMDK was basically the rat, the uh, the radicals, right? Or the not the rat. What was the name of those? The rascals. Rascals. Yeah, I, th- I think I you think, might be right. I think it's one of them and a new partner. Maybe I don't. I think this is already updated because it has to be. Stop! It has to be because Wesley is still in NXT. So yeah, it's one of those halves and a new guy. Yeah, Shane Haste is his name now. Okay, I bet they're good. I bet it'll be a good match. Yep. Wow, dude, this one would be cool. Uh, Lucha Puro Wrestle Wrestling uh, scheduled to appear. No matches listed. Ultimo Dragon Psychosis Aerostar. Wow. Okay, Ultimo Dragon Psychosis would be enough to get me there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Aerostar's okay as long as he's not in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. uh, you talk belly flop of a match. At 11.59 p.m., the early morning guy steals early morning show. What is this stuff? Uh, there's one match announced, and it's the Hat Boys. Joey Hat, Nikki Hat, and Maddie Hat. <laughs> is this? Is this, wait. All right, that can't be Jake Hager. <laughs> no, Joey Janela's on that show. Okay, so. Joey, yeah, he's no longer with AEW, so he always does those kind of like offshoot yeah. comedy deathmatch. I mean, there's type a lot of, of Japanese wrestlers here because Gorks coming to LA. There's a lot of man. There are so many shows. I thought, I, and SummerSlam's no different. They yeah. have their share, you know. I thought that, that it was a little lighter, and it's not. There is a million shows. It's it's nuts. It yeah. is absolutely nuts. Like I can even tell between 2014 and 2018 the difference. Like 2014, there was some, there were definitely some shows going around, and then four years later when they had WrestleMania, it was just more. And I don't even want to. And now it's five years later, and I don't even want to imagine what it looks like. So I don't know if you knew this, but SmackDown on Friday is having the Andre the Giant Battle Royal in SmackDown. I did not know that. And they've got everyone listed. 
Yeah, that's a live show. That's not one of yeah. I know sometimes the SmackDown used to be a phone in mm-hmm. because everybody was already in town for WrestleMania. That's not they don't do that anymore. Now SmackDown is like an all hands on deck type of show. This is kinda of, it's a scheduled to appear. Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso. Okay, that all makes sense. Liv Morgan, cool. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. <laughs> okay. Interesting okay. that those guys get listed. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure they'll pull out all the stops from a sports entertainment standpoint and entertain WWE fans. That's great, you know. Um, it's just Andrew. I'm I, very I just found, I found the show. Okay. Joey Janela's Spring Break Seven. Yep. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns taking on the East West Express, which is Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver. Kota Ibushi taking on Joey Janela. Okay. But here's the big one. Hio Del Vikingo taking on Speedball Mike Bailey. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Speedball, he's going to be he's going to be in the shape of a ball when all this is over. Yeah, Jesus right? Christ. That's you insane. Know? That's going to be a great man. I and I'm not saying Speedball Mike Bailey's the greatest wrestler ever. He's just a great prospect. But that could like, just be from start to finish just nuts. Yeah, I mean, Vikingo's a He's a superstar in the making. I don't want to call him a superstar yet. Oh, he's, he's got just... he's got that. He's got the Ring of Honor match. He's got a match on Saturday night against the Laredo Kid. So he's yep. he's all over this weekend. Yeah, I mean, listen, like being a lot of uh, these AAA guys, like we see Jalistico, we mm-hmm. saw Commander, mm-hmm. obviously, and he's going to be Ring of Honor. There's a relationship there that's that's building. You know, I yeah. guess maybe Tony Khan and Conan sort of shook hands and made up. All right, well, that's your rundown of the weekend. Um, I feel like he might be the star coming out of that weekend, just like every year seems to be a guy. Um, Speedball Mike Bailey could be it too, though. But anyways, Andrew, we like to end our show with some questions. You ready? Yes. All right. um, First question, Jeff Jarrett versus Aubrey Edwards, the hottest feud in pro wrestling right now? It is close. (laughs) There is nothing. Dude, there's something. We see this in the NBA lately. There is nothing more. (laughs) like visceral as a player or a performer who hates a referee yeah but chris paul and um because the referee clearly is at a disadvantage from an athletic standpoint but they but they hold all the power (laughs) they they pull all the strings so like you know the discipline always comes after that it's always like oh you're trying to screw over (laughs) the performer and but jeff jarrett's such a dick and Aubrey Edwards is a woman. Right. So it's like, right. And it's like, did Aubrey do something wrong? The thing is, I will say, Aubrey does seem a little um, – she seems to get in, more involved with Jeff's problems. Yeah. Like, it's like it's it's like he's, he's sticking her nose in their, her, she, their business. She remembers what he did to China all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I watched Creighton versus San Diego State. If there's anybody who has a gripe with referees <laughs> – it's Creighton. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that was a screw job to end all screw jobs. Well, hey, that's the next question. Um, speaking of the NCAA tournament, uh, Farley Dick- Fairly Dickinson beating Purdue, 16 seed beating a 1 seed. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, second time ever. So what's the biggest upset in pro wrestling history? I was thinking about this today. I'm going to surprise you with it, okay? It was actually recent. You ready? Sure. Jinder Mahal beating Randy Orton for the <laughs> WWE title. That's a good one. That shocked. That legitimately shocked me. Yeah, I was trying to think of one better than one, two, three kid beating Razor Ramon. That yeah, that's the fun. I think that's one. the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what was a really cool one. I wouldn't say it's as big of an upset, but back in two thousand, when Triple H was like dominant as the champion, and they had and this goes to the referee thing too. They had that episode of Raw where Chris Jericho beat him, and Earl Hebner like gave the fast count. 
Yes. That was awesome. And then, like, Triple H, like, basically threatened to murder Earl Hebner, and they read. Like, they they reversed the call. Yes, yeah, that was I a remember great, that. Great moment. There's there, there's a few uh, that I that I can that I could just randomly think of. Like, um, I mean, Daniel Bryan winning the WWE title off of John Cena was a surprise. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if it's on that level. Mm-hmm. You know, but like, um, it's hard to say. Like, because it's obviously booked to dance, and a lot of people get wind of this. The guy's going to get a push. The Jinder Mahal one just came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. It was like, wow, he really is the wwe champion <laughs> you know i thought it was a joke yeah um i can't really think of anything else besides those what we talked about uh darby allen told mjf he dropped out of school because his teacher said the movie he made was too risque to show in class and did you ever request to a movie to watch at school that your teacher refused to show and it got you in trouble okay i never did it but in college this happened okay um there was a guy that <laughs> we had a film class and it was a female professor. And there was a guy who we we would present – we would have group projects and we would talk about a movie. There, I remember that one of the guys who I knew, he brings a ta- – he brought a tape. He, he gave the movie that he wanted the instructor to watch to mm-hmm. proofread it. And then I re- remember she went up to him and said something, and I said, hey, what happened? He said, oh, she just kicked me out of the class. And I was like, why? I said, I made her watch the movie Gummo. That was actually the only reason that I took the class. Oh, <laughs> and I've Gummo never seen is it. like, it, it's not, it's a really bad, smutty movie. Okay. <laughs> like, he basically took the class just to make her watch it, like Cannibal Holocaust or wow, something. Wow, okay. okay. Like he's, it was that kind of thing. Uh, in grade school, no. I think the most risque, quote unquote, movie we ever saw was Forrest Gump. Oh, okay, because there's a sex scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we never got to watch it, but when we were in high school, we desperately tried to get our U.S. history teacher to, to watch the movie Friday with Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get in trouble for it. He just didn't let us watch it. So. Just say that you watched it on your school day off. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Because it's Friday. We ain't got no job. We ain't got nothing to do. Um, Andrew, if you could relive any life event the same way that MJF celebrated his rebar mitzvah, what would it be? Um, hmm. my senior prom. <laughs> hmm, okay, okay. Senior prom. Let me think for me. Um, man, I read this one earlier too, and I had an answer, and it's just blanking on me now. I will say, young MJF looked like he was having a blast. Oh yeah, dude was have time of his life. I mean, I've never been to a bar mitzvah, but I'm sure it's fun. Yeah, I don't know very many. Jewish people. There's just not a lot of Jewish people where I live. Although, fun fact, uh, a guy added me on Facebook a couple years ago um, because he was he listened to the Place to Be podcast and he heard me on an episode and found out I was from Michigan. He lives in the same city as me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. He's a dentist. And the reason I say that is because I know he's Jewish because he added me on Facebook and he's got a that happened in one of his pictures. This so. happened to me one time. Where a guy said, "I hey, I listen to you," and I literally like, I almost shit my pants because I didn't <laughs> how to respond to that. I, I really, I legitimately had no idea what to say. <laughs> this guy's this guy's pretty normal, dude. I'm like, oh my god, there's a fan, a yeah. fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this guy's a pretty normal, dude. So I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, just like the Revolution main event, what is the most brutal loss in your life as a fan that happened in overtime? 
this is so easy, and you know it already, the Saints and the Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was brutal. Mine is a little weird because I couldn't think of a lot of – like when I thought brutal loss, I my mind immediately went to Michigan, North Carolina, but that was not overtime mm-hmm. uh, with the Chris Weber timeout. Uh, and so I couldn't get off the thought of basketball. And the work Pistons with Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups, before they won the title, they couldn't beat the Celtics. And there was a playoff game. It wasn't a game seven, but it was like a game five. And they went triple overtime against Boston, and Brian Scalabrini lit him up. It was the, the net, It was the Nets. It was the was Nets. Nets. Oh yeah, because it was, it was the Jason Nets. Kidd. Yep, and it was Chauncey Eastern Conference Finals. Chauncey Billups hit a game tying like half court shot. Yep, but and they then, still lost the game. And then Scalabrini and, put him away. <laughs> yes, and then Rasheed. Everybody got pissed at Rasheed Wallace because he gave a win. Yeah. But the funniest part is that he had guaranteed a win before that, and they lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> only only Rasheed Wallace can guarantee a win twice in this series and be wrong the first time and right the second time. <laughs> I love Rasheed. Yeah, I um, loved him. He does, a, he does a pod with Rob as Worldwide Wob that makes me laugh so hard. He's just like, he's a character. He's like, you know, it's like pro wrestling. He's a character. Yeah. Um, no, the thing about the Saints too and the Rams, not just the no call, it was sudden death. So yep. like – Yep, football Done. overtime is is worse. I, I'm a Bills fan, and the Bills Chiefs game was fantastic, just as a football fan, but as a Bills fan, it was heartbreaking. And I'll give a shout out to Todd Weber. I don't, I wasn't necessarily sad about it, but I felt bad for Kings fans when they lost Game Seven in overtime to the Lakers. Man, so the NBA playoffs are that was close. NBA playoffs are close. The Kings seem to be pretty locked into that three seed. They're gonna be good, dude. Yeah. But I have this fear because if you look at like the 5 through the 10 in the West, it's like a game and a half apart. I have this horrible fear for Kings fans. The Lakers bump up to the 6 and it's Kings-Lakers and then LeBron comes back. Well, he's back now. He yeah. he avoided foot surgery just to do that. Durant's coming back. It's almost like WrestleMania yeah, right? where like all the part-timers come back. Hey, I'm back to play. But I just have this horrible fear, fear for the Kings fans that – the Lakers jump like two games in the standings and get the sixth seed, and the Kings finally get to the playoffs, and they got to play the freaking Lakers. Yeah, me and Adam are doing are are chugging away at that cheap plug for the NBA side on on Pop Network. Um, the it's it's getting interesting. It's an interesting little eclectic for the Pistons fans. All I gotta say is yeah. May, 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 May. Yeah. Is, or I think it's May. Is it May? Is is the lottery in May or is it in June? Um, it's. During the conference finals, I think. So yeah, probably it's before May. Memorial Day, so it has to be May. Yeah. Listen, Wem- Wembayama, Victor, Henderson, baby, tank for just Victor. Pray that you get one of them. <laughs> yep. That's all I can say. Yep. I mean, they got Cade, who they lost for almost the whole year. They got, got Jaden Ivey, who's been fine. They um, stole James Wiseman. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I mean, they've got this young base, and it just hasn't clicked at all yet. Right. Right. And they also have Killian Hayes, who sucks balls. Oh, he'll be gone. Yeah, I hate him. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, CM Punk infamously ate muffins during his post-all-out tirade, while MJF ate pickles during his post-revolution celebration. Uh, what can you you eat for an hour straight without missing a beat? Crawfish. Really? Okay, that's definitely Healing a Healing and thing. eating it and just – I can literally do it two hours straight. I could do like uh, like the little – like, okay, like it's Easter, so you go get Easter. Now, my, my stomach will pay for it later. Sure. <laughs> Mine <laughs> is – like when it's Easter or Christmas and they have the, the peanut butter cups, like the individual little cups, mm-hmm. you put a bag of those in front of me, they're all going to be gone. <laughs> like, every one of no, them. MJF trolling with the pickles. I mean, it's well past now, but MJF trolling the press conference with the pickles was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. 
Uh, okay, let's do one more. Um, let's do this one. <clears throat> if we had an AEW character make his or her surprise debut wholesale at WrestleMania a la Cody Rhodes last year, who would you want it to be? Who? Which AEW wrestler would you like to... Actually, let me set the stage. So John Cena beats Austin Theory on night one. On night two, he comes out and says, the U.S. title open challenge is back. Who do you want to come out and wrestle him? The acclaimed. All right. They would be the most – did you read that story? They are the highest merch seller Mm -hmm. in AEW. Mm -hmm. So the way I think of this – is the opposite of that like okay oh, like I, legitimate like oh my god i can't believe they're no oh <laughs> <laughs> my thinking is okay if they debut there then they're not in AEW anymore <laughs> so i would love I for ruby soho to show up at wrestlemania <laughs> <laughs> well you'd lose the song that's true destination no. who is my least we favorite sound, we AEW? sound like cats <laughs> ruby soho. who is my least favorite aew person that's on regularly huh White? Yeah, but he's not even on. I'm trying to think, like, who's on every week that I'm like, ugh, get this guy off of TV. I don't know, man. Like, I'm pretty fine with most of the guys. Did you read the story that Ricky Starks might sue WWE for showing him on yeah, camera? Yeah, that's wild. For the walkthrough with Cody Rhodes. I, I thought that I don't was think there's weird. any that he could do with that. I think, I think Ricky's just doing that for, like, publicity. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, WWE tried to do this with Britt Baker where they showed her um, on camera when Adam Cole took a big spot um, in the NXT show. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, the, I mean, this goes back to TNA. TNA did that with the fucking Highlanders. I'm pretty sure. Here's the thing. I said this before. Dolph Ziggler was backstage at AEW. They didn't fucking dox him. Right. right. You know, I don't think AEW is that petty. Right. If I were to give an answer like you said, like the acclaim, you know what I think would be a cool for a WrestleMania entrance? Because he's got the WWE thing, would be Jericho coming out to okay. Judas. Okay, and I got one more. If it was like uh, uh, John Cena calls out somebody, and it's like, holy shit, John Moxley. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I mean, that would be one. That would be one where it's like, I don't know what WWE could do with that, <laughs> bro. <laughs> it could never work at WrestleMania though, because if Moxley came in through the crowd at WrestleMania, <laughs> it would take an hour and a half to get there. <laughs> He would be looking for the ring. It, it tur- he'd be cashing in and be a three-way between Brock and Cody and John. Why? Wild <laughs> thing would play two. eleven times before he. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would legitimately be awesome. I don't. I mean, the idea of like Dean Ambrose is dead and gone makes would make me happy. Yeah, if there's one uh, person I could pick outside of AEW, like a just anyone debuts for WWE. Mm-hmm. There is one. Hang on. Make sure I'm yeah, sure. pronouncing his name right. Dang it. This joke would have been funnier if I had it ready to go. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Was it Pete Shit? <laughs> <laughs> Rob Shit. Rob Shit. Rob Shit. That's who it is. Oh, man. The hottest, the hottest free agent. Rob, that's Rob Shit's music. <laughs> That's who should be in Forbidden Door 2. It should be Rob Shit. <laughs> you know what? It's going to be sad because he's going to have a five-star match in WrestleMania weekend. We're all going to look. It's going to be five shits, and we're going to be so. We're going to look so bad. <laughs> I'm going to look him up before we get off the air here. See what this guy looks like. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, like other than that, all access debuts. They that, we we joked about, it, but they do have a battle of the belts in Kingston. That will be a live rampage on April seventh. So they got rampage, and then immediately after is battle taping of the a battle belts. of the belts. Yeah, right. Okay. And um, then they're gonna be going to Long Island. After that, they're gonna be probably headed out to um, uh, uh, Milwaukee. Uh, Chris uh, Steve Willie's neck of the woods. Uh, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh again. Yep. Fort Lauderdale, Baltimore, Detroit. Yep. Austin, Texas, and then they go to Las Vegas for double or nothing. They jump around in weird ways. Like you'd think they'd they kind of do like a loop that kind of connects. There is a gap between the end of May and Forbidden Door where they don't have any promised uh, locations. Mm. I have a feeling it'll be the East Coast because they want to stay close to Canada. Yeah, that, makes that would sense. be my. Guess. That means. Yeah, and then they do their Canada trip pretty much throughout June and July. Okay. You know. That'll be fun, though. I mean, th- those Canadian crowd. I mean, I thought the Winnipeg crowd was pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah, and they they were all jazzed up for Kenny and I, Jericho know, I, in the I, ring together. I know this is another example of us sounding like hypocrites. I thought the fan that was because I hate. I told you how I hate fans dressing up like random things like Scooby Doo. Oh, yeah, I know where you're going. The guy, the guy, Shockmaster like, was fucking awesome. Yeah, like, even the announcers were like <laughs> George Cassidy giving him the fist. Because it looked just like Shock. Yeah, Master. like he was built like him and everything. <laughs> I thought it was Paul Waterhauser. <laughs> Did you see Tech 9 with Swerve Strickland? No. The rap. He was like uh, in the promo. That's oh, right. I, I did not. The rap Tech 9. He's got, dude, Swerve's got connections, dude. I know, got, right? I wonder if he knows got... Mini 50 Cent. <laughs> <laughs> and also, shout out to the House of Black. They have gold and they look good in all their matches, you know? Yeah, and they seem to be feuding with the Jericho uh, Appreciation Society. Um, yep. Which could be interesting. I, I think it'd be interesting if it was like. Not Jericho, but like uh, Menard and and Daniel Garcia and Jericho just sits this one out. <laughs> yeah, know? I think Jer- – well, I don't think Jericho was on the most recent Dynamite unless I just like – my mind went blank and I don't remember him. Yeah. You know, um, so he might be taking a bit of – he might be – No, he was because – oh, no, no, no. No, you're right. You're right. I was thinking of uh, the trios match, but that was that was the week before at Winnipeg. You're right. He did an, he did an indie – show with jas so yeah they I did guess, like a slow motion spot at pwg so jericho's sort of like hitting his bucket list of like i've never wrestled this guy i've never wrestled mm-hmm. that guy yeah they did things. a pwg thing and did like the slow motion spot and some people loved it some people hated it big shock right so. <laughs> yeah it's true yeah, so. but um but no it's been it's like the whole joke of it to start the show is like it, it all elite wrestling does feel exhausting sometimes like sure. it does feel like there's a lot being thrown at you does is all of it great? No. Is a lot of it great? Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff that gets thrown at us, but there is a there is some. I do get that sense that there is a little too much at times, and I feel like with the talents that it feels like they don't have enough opportunity, even though they're getting more. They're 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 getting like they're throwing more shows at people, but maybe that new program that they're going to air in the summer that we don't know we'll know more about in the future that you know. Maybe yeah. that'll open more doors. No pun intended. It's possible. Yeah. Forbidden or not. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, that's uh that's us talking for a couple hours about AEW. Um I mean I'm it's interested in where they're headed. I think we they've got a lot of interesting things to keep my attention for the next uh, few weeks heading into double or nothing. Um 
if you are a WWE fan and you're listening to us, we hope you enjoy WrestleMania weekend. Uh, we hope it's great. Um, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I don't care who wins between Roman or Cody. I think it'd be funny for reactions if Roman retained. <laughs> can, I, can I give you my prediction? Sure. I mean, it's apropos. Cody wins the belts, but he loses one of them on a dusty finish. That sounds like a WWE thing. Sure. Why not? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, as Boris Johnson would say, it's not WrestleMania if you're not pissing somebody off. <laughs> as Boris Johnson once said, that's kind of stiff. Yeah, or as Boris Johnson would say, it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. <laughs> Wait, I think Trump said that. <laughs> and back in a couple weeks, we'll talk about some fallout from uh, another dream match with Kenny Omega. See if anybody else is injured. See if anybody else is whining on Instagram. Hopefully not. Hopefully we'll just talk about this. Sunny afternoon Night tonight